Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. I got Coach Sheffer back. I got Coach Banster on. Now I got Coach Sheffer. I almost have the full circle. I just need Coach Bennett next. Like yeah. the old the old crew. You're getting the worst one done now. <laughs> Me and Coach Banster talked about the Bears and the Bengals for like a half hour. Oh man. About the about the draft. Yeah. I, I oh man. I was watching that and thinking about you guys the whole time. Because uh, <laughs> I, I knew I knew that I knew the Washington team was going to screw it up somehow. Yeah, because they always when they're in the middle of the draft, they always draft somebody that I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. And, and so my my mother in law will always wake up next morning like, oh, who did who did who did Washington? She still calls them the Redskins, but that's because she's always been a Redskins fan. But mm-hmm. who did the Redskins draft? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who he is. <laughs> and she's like, well, what do you mean you don't know? Uh, and I was like, I don't know who this linebacker from K- Kentucky is. I've never heard of him. <laughs> and, I mean, ho- I'm, I'm sure he's good. I mean, there's got to be a reason he was drafted in the first round. But I thought you got – I I was honestly surprised when I saw your t- your tweet like one minute after Justin Fields was drafted. And I was like, huh, I thought they'd be excited about that. <laughs> Me and Coach West, who do the show on Sundays, we did not like it. Mm-hmm. Only because of the podcast. I watch so much Ohio State. Justin Fields is good. I think it was because we traded up for him, so we gave up a pick. Then we give up a first-round pick next year and give up another one. So if our first-rounder next year becomes a top five or top ten, then I think we've overpaid because we could build off of it. And then our whole argument, my whole argument was, He's good, and Banster brought it up last night. He goes, you're just getting a different type of Mitchell Trubisky, a guy that needs to roll outside the pocket and make short throws. Mm -hmm. And we gave up this pick for him. And then I said this. I said, it's not like there was another quarterback. We could have drafted an O-lineman in the first round. Then our second or third round, I think our second round pick, we could have got maybe like Trask. 
mm-hmm. which is just fine with me. So that was our whole my whole argument. But well, I was sitting there watching, and I saw the Bengals. They picked um, Jamar Chase, I think, the wide receiver. Yeah, and I, I was sitting there thinking, your franchise quarterback that you drafted number one overall last year just got his knee collapsed on him because his O-line sucks. And the first thing you do in the draft is draft a wide receiver who you have about 20 of them on your roster already. <laughs> yep. Other young guys on. The, I was just like, that, that blows my mind. The NFL, the NFL scouts and, and the people who do the draft stuff like that blows my mind. The, the decisions that they make, and I'm sitting there thinking, I don't think I could ever do that job because I would sit there and think as a high school coach, like, what do I need now? Oh, there's a amazing offensive lineman from Alabama that I could choose that could help out with my left tackle spot. I'm going with that. Oh, he's not flashy. It's an offensive. Who cares? I mean, you, you got to use what you got to use. I thought their receiving core was okay last year. I guess not. I told Banster that. I said, you know, your team still was in games without Joe Burrow. They they kind of came along, but your old line struggled. You mm-hmm. needed that. But but the rest of the Bears, anyway, did fine after Fields. They got two good linemen. They got the wide receiver from North Carolina. We got this running back from Virginia Tech. Like, it just was good after that. But if next year that pick is a top five pick or top mm-hmm. ten – I'll be upset because I'm going to say, well, guess what we could have got? We could have got something else. Yeah. And I don't trust Uh, Matt Nagy, so that's another reason. Matt Nagy's interesting. Um, I don't know exactly what to think of him because I know he had success when he was at Kansas City, but how much of that success was because he had the current Kansas City coach, Coach Reed, there. and they had some pretty good quarterbacks while they were there. Um, and and then me being a – I have to be an obligatory Washington fan because that's my wife's family, and I live with them, so I have to. Uh, I was uh, I was watching them draft, and I was like, for sure, they're probably going to try to draft a quarterback, right? Because their starting quarterback right now is the bearded wonder who's probably going to be there for one season mm-hmm. because he's that's how he works which I have no problem with Fitzgerald. I like him as a quarterback. He's, um, but he plays a little risky. You know, he's, he's either on or he's, he's off or he's on fire. Right. Um, I liked the pick in the second round of Samuel Cosme out of Texas because of obvious reasons. Um, but I think they probably could have in that first draft gotten a slightly better offensive lineman that was available. And <laughs> I thought their defense was pretty good last year. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I think they had to let go of one of their linebackers because of, uh, contract purposes, but, um, hopefully this Kentucky guy works out, you know, I don't know. I'm not really, again, I don't know most of these other picks. I don't know who Benjamin St. Juiced is. I don't know Diami Brown out of North Carolina. I don't know any of these guys. And I, I follow college football relatively solid. We do a whole thing on our podcast talking specifically college football. Mm-hmm. And they go ahead and they pick all these guys I've never heard of. So hopefully it works out. I like our coach, though. But um, I don't know. 
At least it wasn't the Seahawks who had three picks the entire draft. Might have been. Because we, we were scrolling through on Sunday, and you see all these huge picks, huge picks, and you see this little tiny thing. And I'm like, who's that? Oh, the Seahawks, Seahawks had three picks. They only picked <laughs> three people. And I was like, well, at least we're not that. Because their defense was ferocious. And Yeah. Well, that and their offense wasn't horrible this year. You know, when they allowed what, – what was the whole thing? Let Russ cook. And they, yeah. let, let, they let him throw a little bit. And they weren't bad. Um, they were probably a little bit more explosive this year than they were in the past. And so they go ahead and they fire their offensive coordinator because he didn't run the ball enough. So anyone who does uh, fantasy football next year, probably not a good idea to pick Russell Wilson because they hired another offensive guy who runs the football way more than throws it. So I don't know. Again, like I'm saying, the NFL fascinates me. It also confounds me the decisions that they make, the Rolodex of coaches that they have. You know, one coach gets fired at one place, gets instantly hired at another place, and you think it's going to make it better. I no idea. Well, that's in college, too. You see these guys get fired and they get rehired. It's who you know. They know somebody. Or they have blackmail of some picture of somebody they're not supposed to and hire them. <laughs> yeah, you, you and I could get into a – conversation of um i got in trouble i got in trouble on twitter a while back i caused kind of a stir last year when um liber the the head coach for liberty hugh freeze yeah we all know his uh his whole scandal that happened when he was at ole miss you know all that kind of stuff and i i honestly at first with what happened there, when he got hired at Liberty, I thought that was a big thing. So I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Liberty, the ultra-conservative Liberty, hires uh-huh. this guy who they know had this particular past. Okay, fine. All right, you know, whatever. And then, you know, there's a whole other conspiracy thing happening at Liberty that I'm not going to get into because that's a whole whole other podcast. Um, and so I got... I got in trouble for saying, cause last year they had a really decent season and a lot of people were like, Oh yeah, he's next up for like one of these next job top jobs. Right. I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. You guys are okay with this guy being back on the coaching scene and he's forgiven now because his offense is explosive and they've won a bunch of games. And I, I hopefully I'm not going to get canceled for this, but I posted a picture of, um, the former Baylor coach <laughs> and we all know what happened to Baylor. And I said, if, if Hugh freeze is getting a job and getting a second chance, then this guy deserves a thought. And I, Oh my God, my DMS blew up. I, it, but it was, it was, I would say it was about 50, 50, 50% of the people were in support of the idea. And the other 50% were like, you need to shut up or be fired <laughs> for saying what you said. And what? There's a whole like, and I looked into it. There's a whole there's a whole conspiracy out. I don't know if it's a conspiracy. There are um, documents. Do, there's documentation out there that basically say that um, Bryles, Coach Bryles from Baylor, he was kind of set up as the scapegoat for like a huge problem they were having at, at, at Baylor. It wasn't just the football team. In fact, the football team 
didn't have nearly as many issues as like the basketball team or any of the other teams that they had on, on the staff. But for some reason they decided to pin it on him and he was the one who took the fall for it and got fired. And now he's the one that everyone says, Oh, it was his program. You know, he's the one like he had a culture of rape. I don't really think he did. I think he just took the fall for it. And there's documentation of the higher ups admitting it, but they don't want people to know about it because then it just look, we need to get our tinfoil hats. Yeah. Come on. We haven't even really talked about high school football yet. (laughs) I told you, this is like a Joe Rogan podcast where I just go. So wherever it leads is what we go to. And you can help. You you could give compliments and blame to coach Mac. His you the guy on YouTube and Coach McPherson. That was one of the first ones I did with. I didn't have anything. I just went, and he goes, "That's what it needs to be. Don't write anything down. Just just go." He goes, "Cause Steve, he goes, I do the whiteboard every day with the football. I'm good with not talking football. We could talk golf, WWE. We talk about Metallica." And I was like, "Okay, sure." <laughs> yeah, I'm all, I, um... I'm all about conspiracies. I've jumped down them. It might have been more political, but I, I I'm jumping down. I, I have to tread tread lightly because I do have opinions on things. I know I'm going to piss people off by saying this. I do think Art Riles deserves another shot. Um, if we're giving Hugh Freeze a shot, if we gave who's who was the head coach at Louisville most recently before Satterfield, uh, Paterno, Patrino. Yeah. If we gave him a second shot, then. With the with the information that's come out since the entire scandal, that puts him in a bit of a better light. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know if, if there's a right answer. Um, I don't want to get fired either, so I'm going to shut my mouth. <laughs> but um, no, I remember. I remember when Hugh Freeze was in brought up, and I think me and my friend Brad talked about. It. We were like. He made a joke about like, well, what's the big deal? He got a credit card and went and did this. Mm-hmm. Now I make jokes about it once in a while. I'm like, man, I wish I had you freeze his credit card. Yeah. It's, uh, uh it's, it, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I know there's a lot of pressure on those coaches and there's a lot of pressure to succeed. And so that puts a lot of, uh, a lot of people in positions that are a little bit compromising and doing things that they really shouldn't. Um, and I get that. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I don't know. Cause I'm not in that position and I never will be. <laughs> um, so I don't know it, enough about it. I haven't researched it like you have. I just know what's happened. And then I just read something that I haven't researched it enough. Um, I'm too busy worried about flip-flop Fridays with coach Bielema. That's <laughs> hey, that was a good hire. I think, I think they're going to, I don't know if it's going to like turn a corner, but I think in the next couple of years they're going to be competitive. Where Illinois the last few years has not been competitive at all. No offense, I'm not an Illinois fan. From an outside perspective, they haven't been competitive. Um, but if they, I think a team like Illinois, if they could go six and six, seven and five, eight and four, that's a good season, uh-huh. uh, especially in the Big Ten. I don't think that Illinois is a pro- in, in no no way in my mind are they a sleeping giant program. 
I don't believe in that whole sleeping giant thing either. Uh, we can get into Texas later on. I can talk about that. Um, I don't believe in that whole, oh, if we just got the right coach, we'd be a dynasty like Alabama, be it. No, <laughs> nobody's Alabama. Um, it's. I don't think Illinois is ever going to be that. I think they can be competitive like they used to be. There, I remember some years when I was in high school and in middle school where I would watch them play bowl games every year. Um, so just going to bowl games. Illinois, the last – well, they went to a bowl game in 2018 or 19, whatever it was, the Red Box Bowl in California. And But before that, they weren't really competitive since they beat Baylor in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. We beat RG3 in the bowl game. Uh, Nathan Shieldhouse was a quarterback. He's an assistant at Iowa State. Um, Ron Zook was the head coach, and we have not been since. We had our own scandal with Coach Beckman. That was a whole scandal. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about scandals, that was a big one. And then Lovey Smith comes in, and we thought he was going to turn a corner. And it didn't. Um, he kind of bridged it back together a little bit, mm-hmm. but, but we updated our facilities. They're fantastic. Bielema's all in on Illinois. He kept every single player besides the ones that went to the draft. Um, we've got recruits to recommit from places and re- and go to Illinois now. Mm-hmm. Every coach called every high school coach in Illinois. Um, he's hired positions that have never been hired at Illinois, like operations people, the high school recruiting, um, nutrition, like all the stuff that's never been done, hired. Um, I mean, he, he's all he's all in, and that's what we needed. His staff is fantastic. And I watched their spring game until they went under center, and then I stopped watching it. <laughs> There's going to be multi- – they're going to be a multiple offense. Which is mm-hmm. fine. That's what the guy did at Appalachian State. That's who we brought over. So that's what he's going to do. We hired the DC from Missouri. And one thing I like about Bielma was he came in and he, he said he wants to run a three four, but then he hires a guy from Missouri who runs a four two five. But he said he did that because Bielma's mind is a three four, his is a four two five. So they asked him, "Are you going to force this defense?" And he goes, "I'm going to see what we have. If we have mm-hmm. to run a four three, we're going to run a four three. If that's the players." If we have to run a 3-5, we're going to run a 3-5. So I like that. He's not going to force it. Mm-hmm. Um, offense was the same way. He's like, we're going to do this, but we're not going to force it. Um, he's well, you also have, you have to – they are going to recruit, and they're going to recruit players to play in their system. And so, yeah, their first couple of years, they might have to do something that he hasn't done before. But if he recruits enough players to the system that he wants to run in the future – that might happen in a couple of years. Right. Like, and that was fine. But like when Lovey got there, it was like Tampa two or bust. And that's all it was. There was no nothing. Like right when he got there, it was like Tampa two, Tampa two. He didn't recruit for it. It was like, this is what we're doing. And then we changed our offense every year. First year was the NFL, the pro style. Then it was, well, let's try to do option out of spread. Then it was, well, let's just be a spread team. Then it was, well, you know what? 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Let's just throw the ball. I'm like, just pick one. Just pick one and stick with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we hired all well, NFL coaches that first year. Yep. And NFL coaches don't work. When you have a whole staff NFL on college, it's not going to work. At Illinois. I mean, at Illinois, it's not going to work. I mean, you could look at Arizona State. They did the same thing. Um, they've had some success. Like, they've been ranked for a while, but they're not. They're not like world beaters because they have NFL coaches there. They're not beating out Alabama and recruiting because they have it. It's it's not that big of a deal. Um, and the, and like you were saying earlier, or think about I, I think we had the discussion before about coaches who do well in college versus the ones who do well in the NFL. It doesn't always translate. So even though you coach in the NFL and you did well, that doesn't mean you're going to be a good college coach. Look at Nick Saban the opposite way mm-hmm. great college coach everywhere he's been almost no success at the NFL. So I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's almost like it's a completely different sport going from college to the NFL. It's almost a completely different sport. That, that's why I'm ready to see what Bill O'Brien does as the OC at Alabama, but you have Nick Saban looking over you, but that's curious. That was a yeah. Curious. I, I don't know how long that's going to last. I'm tell, I tell you what, a guy that you need to look into, the guy, Alabama fans, I'm not going to be surprised if he's going to be your offensive coordinator in a few years. Brent Deerman. Yep. Used to be the offensive coordinator at Kansas. Currently the offensive coordinator at uh, Mid-Tennessee State, which in my opinion was an upgrade. <laughs> uh, if he does well at Mid-Tennessee, which I think he will, because he's brilliant. I've actually I've uh, listened, been in a few clinics with him, um, and hopefully he might be coming on our podcast soon. We'll see. Um, I'm telling you what, he's going to be an SEC. The next stop, he, it's going to be an SEC team, and I would not be surprised if it's Alabama because that's that's what happens. They suck in all the talent. <laughs> well, that's why I kind of thought Gus would be the next Alabama OC, but. He's at UCF now. I don't think Gus. I I I, I didn't see it because I remember we had that conversation. I didn't see it. It's I I don't think Gus now that he's been an Auburn head coach and he had some success while he was there. I don't think he would want to go back to being a, an assistant coach. Um, it, it, like I. I not trying to compare myself to a division one head coach here, but I was, uh, 
the fresh, I was a freshman coach in high school and I had almost complete authority on everything that happened in that team because our, the, the varsity coach kind of like didn't really care mm-hmm. about the, the freshman team. And so I made every decision. I had complete control, which probably wasn't a good thing, <laughs> um, Probably, not. but, but, and, and then I go from that and then go to and, and transfer to a new school and then, and try to trans like go back to being an assistant coach who you have to take orders. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard. Like it, it was difficult for me not to say things like, I don't think this is right. Like, you know, I would have done it this way or I would have, and I'm probably, I probably did. I probably said that way too much. You know, I, this is the way I used to. And, and now if I, I bet if you ask my head coach now, the last two years, at least, especially this last year, compared to what I used to over the last couple of seasons, I used to text him every day telling him different ideas, different things and all that this last year. If I texted him once a month, <laughs> I just left him alone because <laughs> I was like, I, I think I, ch- I had to check my ego. And I think a lot of like head coaches, like I'm not saying Gus Malzahn has an ego. I've never met the man. But if I had to deal with that, I don't think I would want to go back to being an assistant coach, even as a coordinator, especially under Saban. Have you seen the way he yells at his coordinators? <laughs> I don't know. I only, I only brought that up because like Saban kind of wanted Sarkeesian to take over. Hmm. So I was trying to think of like who could do it. Like, oh, Gus could probably do it. It's not going to be Bill O'Brien. It can't be that. Um, even though it's probably Deshaun Watson's fault, the more stuff comes out, you know, with his mm-hmm. massage therapist. Whatever. When you got money, you can afford that. I just I don't know how people can't keep it in their pants, man. I that's le- legitimately the one thing that starts most problems nowadays. It's just self-control, lack of self-control. Lack of self-control and $30 million. Yeah. I just. Like I said, um, our governor is telling us how to be healthy, and he's not the person to be doing that is a nice way to put it. <laughs> but then I, he's worth $3 billion. And I said, if I had $3 billion, I would be 900 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'd have people bring me the food and put it in my mouth. It's like, <laughs> you know, the Greek gods that sat in their chairs and people fed them grapes. That would be me. Somebody be fanning me if I had $3 billion. So I thought about, I was like, you know what? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I would do with money. I'm going to be completely honest. I have no idea because I've never had it. <laughs> I've, I've never had it. I'd like to think. I would have a, not a mansion, but like a normal house. I like to think this. And I'd have a normal house and do what I'm doing now. Not not in working in the school, just coaching. Because I'd have that mm-hmm. money. I don't need, I'd still be coaching. But I would have a decent house. And that's it. That's all I could see. Because living in the suburbs, I'm seeing these Ferraris. I see this. I see this. I'm like, I can't drive those. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. I'd probably have a big, nice truck. And that's all. Like, I'd be fine. I would, if I had that amount of money, no one would ever know it. 
<laughs> I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't leave our house, you know, like our not even my mother would know I had money. I mean, it's just it, when 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 other people know that you have money at all, it just causes problems. Just mm-hmm. the fact that people know you have money it causes problems. So that would be the first thing. No one's knowing jack crap. If I won the lottery tomorrow, it's going in as an anonymous. Mm-hmm. And I never show my face on TV. Never. It's, mm-mm. but, but like, I don't think I would quit my job either. <laughs> I mean, I've got to have something to do. And, I would for like a year. I would take like a year off and be like, I'm just going to coach and do what I want. And then after like a year, maybe. Once I told my wife, I said, once I retire, and I get my retirement checks. I'm going to retire from teaching, but hopefully I'm not too old to coach. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I'll, uh, I, I, of course, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. If I ever become a head, I don't know if I'm interested in being a head coach ever again. I don't know what's going to happen, but if I like my retirement, if I become an offensive line coach for somewhere, sure, I'll do it, <laughs> you know, show up on the fall. Don't make me responsible for the weight room or anything, <laughs> but I'll show up in the fall and we'll, we'll go through all that. And then I'll travel during the off season. <laughs> That's my dream. I want to travel, travel during the spring, summer and winter, and then uh, coach football in the fall. If I had all that money, I would build a podcast studio like Joe Rogan and make people show up. That's <laughs> what I would do. For oh, like man. a year, and then I would start doing something. Be a greeter at Walmart or something. Talk about Marvel. <laughs> Talk about Marvel. Man, hey, I, I, the, I've had some issues with Marvel, um, and I, I'm sure you guys have probably talked about it a lot, man. But I almost could not enjoy uh, Wandavision. I almost couldn't enjoy it. And I'm telling you why, because people are too worried about Marvel. They're too worried about making connections to future projects within a show or movie than they are with just sitting down and enjoying the show for what it is. And, and, and so like once, I had to stop. Like I used to follow on Twitter. Uh, I still do. Every, um, there's a YouTube channel called Emergency Awesome that I watch, and there's um, the new rock stars, and they talk Marvel stuff all the time. And they are constantly like theories, like oh, that we're reviewing the the trailers. What's going to happen in this movie? You know, all that kind of stuff. And these are the people who are like Mephisto, this Mephisto, that blah 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 blah. You know, this character's going to show up. This is how they're going to introduce uh, you know the X Men into the MCU and. I'm just like, and you sit there and you anticipate it and it doesn't happen. And that's why people are mad. It's the same problem with like star Wars. People were watching theories on what's going to happen in star Wars and the things don't happen the way they think it's going to happen. They get mad. Um, and so I've tried to not watch those shows when uh, Falcon and winter soldier came out. I didn't watch any of those shows and you know what? I enjoyed the heck out of that show. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I liked it. Um, I agree. That's just me. Me and my friend Logan do a geek corner every so often. 
And that's what happened. We watched WandaVision, and then I got caught up reading about what was going to happen. Now, we thought this. We thought it was because of COVID. People were at home, so this is all they thought about. Yeah. And we didn't have movies. Like, if they kept on their normal schedule, I think we would have been so distracted with movies and then WandaVision. Um, that, that's exactly what happened with us. We were expecting this, expecting this, and nothing happened. And I was waiting for Doctor Strange, and he tells me to shut. I need a Doctor Strange intervention because I'm a Benedict Cumberbatch fan. I was just mm-hmm. waiting. Then to come to find out two days ago, he was supposed to be there. They had it yeah. written in. There's political stuff that happened that I can't get into because you have to read the articles. Something about her being a woman. I don't know. It's it is what it is, and I did, didn't see it that way. I just thought he should have shown up at some point. Mm-hmm. If you're going to set up the movie for Doctor Strange, don't you think the only reference to him was she said the Sorcerer Supreme at the end, and then the the Astro Body or whatever. That's the only reference we had to Doctor Strange. He should have shown up or shown his temple or something. Mm-hmm. Come to find out it was supposed to happen. Blah 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 blah. They blamed it on COVID. It's whatever. So that's why Falcon the Winter Soldier was so nice. Because they didn't film it like a conspiracy, or not conspiracy, like there was no theories. You could just shut your brain off. Yeah. And enjoy this Civil War slash Winter Soldier vibe show. But then some people didn't like it. Some people were like, the way it ended, they didn't like or something. I'm like, I thought it ended okay. You realize they had to film some of it during COVID. I had no problems with it. I think... Another issue, this is something that a lot of TV shows deal with. Like, think about a TV show like Dragon Ball Z that's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. All of those shows struggle with something that's called power creep. Where eventually over time, you know, okay, in the first season, okay, your characters are only capable of doing one thing. But over time, they start getting these new abilities, and eventually they get to, like, God-tier level ability and so what's the new threat? It's going to be God level threats, right? So what, what happens to Marvel? Okay. You know, the characters, they have all their own shows and movies to introduce them. They have their own little villains, you know, yeah, they're threatening and there might be a threat to the world, but it's not huge. And then eventually you get to infinity war and all that. And now that once you've had infinity war and Endgame, if you don't have infinity war and Endgame level events happening in the MCU, people are like, well, this is boring. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm super excited for the Shang Chi movie that's coming out. That looks legit. Like, and I hope they don't try to. I, if if you with those new Marvel movies, if you try to take things to the next level and try to you know one up a movie like an Endgame, you're never going to reach that. You're just going to fall flat. But if you try to just focus on the story that you have at hand and not try to do too much with it, it'll be good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that one. Um, I know they're going to release the, uh, black widow movie on Disney plus for, you know, you have to pay extra, which I think is ridiculous. I'm already playing, paying money to, to watch Disney plus. Why do I have to pay extra to watch one movie? Um, but I probably won't watch it because until they come out with the free version Unfortunately, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's a female character. It's the fact that I'm just stingy and I don't want to pay extra money. Um, I'm probably going to the. I'm probably my friend Logan made a good point. I said I may I'd rather go to the money. movies. He's going to go to the movies. 
I'll be vaccinated by then. I'm like, I might just go to the movie and pay for But if you go on a weekend, it's like $4. So I'm like, I just might do that. Screw it. The Coach Steve Show is sponsored by the Launchpad Kickoff Team. If you're a football coach out there, high school, college, NFL, doesn't matter, and you're looking for that edge for your special teams, for your kicker, for the kickoff, onsides, you guys need to go to launchpadkickofftee.com. If you have a younger guy trying to develop the kicker, you want the ball to get to the end zone, you need to go to Launchpad Kickoff Tee. This tee gives a coach a strategic options for squib kicks, onsides, everything. It is proven that your kicker will kick off farther. It is legal for NCAA, for high school, okay? The Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a game changer. So if you go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS to use the code CSS, you can get a Launchpad Kickoff Tee for 10% off. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. You can use the code CSS for the Coach Steve Show to get 10% off. Also, there's a bundle. You can get one for 10% off. You can go to two and get more percent off or there's an option to buy four if you click the option to buy the four kickoff tees if you like it so much when you use the code css you'll get the fourth one free so instead of paying full price for all four you'll get three so go to launchpadkickofftee.com css use the code css get 10 percent off buy four to get the fourth one free this is a game changer guys it does more than just hold your balls Go get the Launchpad Kickoff Tee today to give your kicker an edge for next season. The um, What are some of the other projects that are coming out? I, I'm, um, Eternal, I'm, intri- I'm intrigued by the Eternals, but I'm not deep enough in Marvel lore to really know much about it. Like, I have surface level Marvel lore, like, uh, comic background knowledge. I'm gonna be honest. I I was never a comic a comic nerd. Neither so was I, neither was I. I have to read it or talk to people. I, I, the he, MCU is mine. Yeah, he, I I think Eternals. It's been said that it's supposed to be the best visual Marvel movie they have ever done. Okay, because the director just won, director or somebody just won an award for this one show with like the best visuals. So they did that with Eternals. Mm-hmm. Then at the time they said it's supposed to be like the best Marvel movie they've done, but now you just heard the same thing about Thor. It's supposed to be the best. So Eternals, I guess they're apparently um, Peter Quill's dad from Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what they are. Okay. The and I, apparently that's what Thanos was. So they have a connection to Thanos. Like Thanos is a part of them. So we might see him again. There might be a flashback. Then you got Angelina Jolie. So it's just this big thing. Right. I'm excited for it. Um, saying G, I don't know how that fits. I have no idea I, I how just, that's going to work. I just like, uh, I like the... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, martial arts type movies. I, I like those. Um, I was never big into them when I was a kid, but I liked it. You know, like uh, the Netflix series that they had, they had Daredevil, they had um, Iron Fist, all of those on there. <sighs> yeah, Iron Fist had problems. I didn't think it was horrible. Like a lot of people thought it was horrible. I didn't think it was horrible. Um, it wasn't amazing. Daredevil was pretty darn good. I hope they bring that character back um, in the future somehow. I think they're trying to with Spider-Man. He filmed in the Spider-Man movie. It was rumored that he is in a filmed because uh, I'm, I'm deep into this Marvel stuff because I try to figure out the timeline because what this is not even football anymore. And I don't care. Um, <laughs> I led you down the Marvel path. Oh, well, <laughs> well, Mac, Mackie's going to come back on and do it too. So it's going to be the same thing. Um, WandaVision happened three weeks after Endgame. Falcon the Winter Soldier was like two or three months. But then Spider-Man Far From Home took place eight months after. So it's very curious how this is looking because like Spider-Man's supposed to have... Basically what I'm saying is like WandaVision, we thought the the, uh, multiverse was going to open up and maybe it did. But like Spider-Man Far From Home at the very end, you get a glimpse of that where that journalist from the original Spider-Man's showed up. Right. You're like, wait a minute. And then you're supposed to have Doctor Strange in the Spider-Man movie. So Again, like, what's going on? These these movies and like the theories are getting ridiculous. And it, it, it's hard for me to like look forward to things. And it's just it's tough. I I I grew up as a completely different nerd. You want to know what's on my de- on my desk right now? Is my my copy of the Lord of the Rings. I was a different type of nerd. I was the Lord of the Rings nerd. There's supposed to be a TV show, Lord of the Rings, coming out. Oh my god, I can get into co- the theories about that. Um, I don't know how true so, it is. I saw a post where they said it's going to be like $420 million to make it. It's like the most expensive show. Yes. So, a little bit of background knowledge if anybody's not a Tolkien nerd like I am. Um, so, obviously, Peter Jackson did th- the trilogy, the Lord of the Rings trilogy did an amazing job with the, the original Lord of the Rings trilogy came back and did the Hobbit. I wouldn't say he screwed it up. I, cause I'm not, a, I don't hate the Hobbit movies, but they're nowhere near as good <clears throat> as the original trilogy. And the fact that he was a, they were able to do such an amazing job with the original trilogy on that limited budget that they had compared to, what they tried to do with the Hobbit, they tried to do too much. They did too much CGI. They did too much, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was just too much. It wasn't as good. And their budget was massive for Mm -hmm. the Hobbit compared to what they had for, for Lord of the Rings. Now that you hear that Amazon Bezos is the guy, right? He wanted, he, from what I hear and what I've read, 
he went to his people and said, I want a show that competes with Game of Thrones. Like, that's what he wanted. He wanted Game of Thrones put on Amazon. And what was the only avenue that was available? They're like, oh, maybe we can do Tolkien, you know, Lord of the Rings, right? Um, and so at first, nobody knew what they were going to do. Now we have some information that they're going to do. It's kind of going to be like a prequel series. Like they're going to do a series about, if anybody knows anything about the Lord of the Rings, the main char- the main bad guy is Sauron. Mm-hmm. They're going to do a couple thousand years before the Lord of the Rings where Sauron is around and he's it's around the time where they actually forged the rings of power, mm-hmm. which is like the, the main MacGuffin of the, of the actual books. Um, and so that sounds like a pretty cool concept because no one has ever done any media on that time period. And so compared to like the Lord of the Rings, where you have all of that stuff's laid out for you, there's huge gaps of time within the Lord of the Rings, within the Tolkien um, universe where they're looking into where there's not a whole lot written about it. So you can kind of play around with it and not mess up the continuity of the universe that's already there. Now, we don't know if this TV show is actually like, if you know how the MCU, all the movies are connected by they're in the same universe, right? Um, We don't know if it's going to be a situation where it's kind of like an MCU thing where this is a prequel to the the Jackson movies or not. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of leaning towards it's not going to be because they originally had some Peter Jackson people on set with them, like people who worked on those movies and consulted and they got rid of them. (laughs) So that's not a good sign. If you're a fan of the Jackson stuff. Um, Another thing that was a little um, concerning for Tolkien fans is that they were hiring or they were attempting to hire and bring on a couple of people who were what, the, what they were calling they were they were called intimacy consultants, hmm. which is a soft word for sex coach. Oh, um, and they were also there was a couple of actors who said they weren't going to do the show because they were asked if they would be okay with nudity. And so I'm and, and most fans, including myself, you do not need to make Tolkien Game of Thrones. Tolkien was Tolkien was not George R. R. Martin. Okay. This is high fantasy. Okay. This was elves, dwarves, orcs. That's all you need. (laughs) You don't need sex in Tolkien to make it interesting. You don't need a, a butt ton of CGI to make it interesting. You need a guy in a rubber costume as an orc and a hundred other of them and reuse those guys all the time. And it'll still be good. Like just do the formula that Jackson had for the originals and you'll be fine. Don't try to do the Hobbit version and don't try to be Lord of the Rings, but game of Thrones at the same time. Right. It's, it's going to throw things off and I don't know. It's don't put sex in Tolkien. That's just what I'm saying. Some guys might be like, Oh, you're just, you're just, not happy with what's going on in the world now. Like I know that's not a thing. There was no sex in Lord of the Rings. I mean, you know, obviously they had to make baby somehow, but, um, but it wasn't, uh, uh, I've never seen, uh, it wasn't a plot point. 
I've never seen uh, Game of Thrones, but I know about it. Me and my friend Brad, huge Lord of the Rings fans. Don't make it into that. Just keep it the same stuff. You'll appeal to us, us that were kids and watched it. Mm-hmm. You'll appeal to us and we'll watch it. If you turn it into Game of Thrones, you're going to turn people off. Mm-hmm. And so, Or just not make it at all. Just leave it alone. Just don't even do it then. As a lifelong Tolkien nerd myself, I am both excited, anxious to see it happen. Like I, I, I hope it happens soon. I hope we get like the first season soon, which means I'd actually have to sign up for Amazon Prime and pay for it. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm also scared to death that they are going to try to make it Game of Thrones and try to put sex into it. And I just, it doesn't, it, it's not necessary. You can have an amazing TV show without sex scenes. It's mm-hmm. you don't need it. it. I mean, look at most Marvel movies. There's not sex scenes in most Marvel movies and they do just fine. Uh, so there's, we're, we're, we're not all, and I'm probably gonna get fired for this. We're saying this. We're not all, you know, horny nerds out here who want to see that, that kind of, you know, stuff that some people look up on their browsers, you know, but that's not what we want. We want Tolkien. We want high fantasy. Um, and I'm probably turning off a bunch of uh, football coaches that are listening to this. They're like, this is not a football podcast. <laughs> well, that's why it's just the Coach Steve show. You get what you get. This is not. I'm not Coach yeah. Bastion with six different things. Like, this is, a, this is what you get. <laughs> I don't know how he does all those things, man. I, I can't. I asked like, him that last time. I said, do you sleep? If you, if anybody listened to what me and Coach Manager talked about, I talked about you. I said there's a point where you were pumping out podcasts left and right because I think it was the winner, and mm-hmm. you were getting a lot of people. And then Coach Patrick goes, "Well, I was competitive, so I had to beat you guys. So I saw Coach Shefford do it, so I had to do it." And I'm like, oh, "But boy. you just took it to a new level. You were releasing stuff every day. Like every day, I woke up and there's five different videos." The only reason I was having so many people and I was pumping things out so fast was because I knew in the, in the spring we were going to have a season and I wasn't going to have time to do it. So I was like, we're going to do it now. We're going to build up a, I have a couple episodes on there that have, that were recorded a month or two ago. You know, I've got kind of a, like a, a waiting list and I've had coaches who come on the podcast and like, Oh yeah, when's this one coming out? And I'm like, eh, it might be a week or a couple of weeks, <laughs> you know, um, I've even thought about, I've thought about instead of releasing two episodes a week of going back to just one so that I can have those extra episodes available in case I needed it. Because there have been times where um, coach Heath, who's done an amazing job as being the producer and now uh, co-host of the podcast, he does all the editing for us um, because that's what he does. That's who he is he's done an amazing job, but there are times where he might go on vacation or um, I might have posted, (laughs) uploaded an episode that needed to be edited a little late. And so there's times where we might've missed a release, you know, and I've had coaches ask, well, why didn't you release something? Well, it's life happened, (laughs) you know, and I, I, 
I'm not saying that there's a lot of people out there craving my content. <laughs> I mean, we get some listeners, but um, I don't know if it's something that I need to try to pump out twice a week or if it's something I can pump the brakes on a little bit and go back to once a week. Um, I think that's going to depend on what happens here in the future because uh, I recently – well, I don't know if it's ne- it's technically a promotion. Um, so this past season, I was the op- the offensive line coach, um, which was super busy, and I rarely got onto two podcasts because I love my family and I'd rather spend time with them than doing podcasts. But um, I we are we had a re- a, a, a relatively good season. Uh, one of the, the highest win percentages in uh, our high school's history. Um, however, our offensive coordinator, his son was a senior and he's going to be going to uh, Frostburg state in the fall. And he wanted to step back and go back to coaching a, uh, just a being a position coach and so our JV offensive coordinator was elevated to varsity offensive coordinator. Now he asked the head coach if I would be named varsity run game coordinator, which honestly, All if right. anyone knows anything, if anything, yeah, <laughs> yeah the titles. Um, if anybody knows anything about offensive line play, that really doesn't change my job <laughs> All that much. Because um, well, okay, tie. it makes us feel a, good. It makes you feel good, and it's. And I was telling the head coach earlier in the season, I'm like, "Hey, if you give me this title, it doesn't change anything. Doesn't make me more important. But any like, if I put that on my resume, it looks good. Especially to people who don't know what that means. They say co- they see coordinator, like, ooh, that looks nice. Okay, you know, honestly, as the offensive line coach this year, I took it upon myself to. I did all the scripting for the inside run periods. I ran most of the inside run periods. I installed all of the run plays for both the O-line and the running backs. Um, I did all of that for both JV and varsity. I am assuming I'm going to be doing the exact same thing as well as um, taking a a larger role with game planning because I'm going to be working side-by-side with the varsity offensive coordinator um, and he was the JV coordinator. And so he requested that the head coach make me the JV coordinator. So now I'm going to have to go to all the JV games as well. <laughs> there, I'm going to say there were a few times where I'd kind of dodged that bullet this year, instead of having to travel two hours to a game for a JV game. I w- now I'm going to have to, but, um, that's going to be a little extra time. So that might cut into, um, the podcasting a little bit. But hopefully I'm going to build up another reservoir of episodes over the next couple of weeks before the season starts. Um, man, life's just crazy. But I, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for the JV position because I've constantly said this over and over again. I want to be a coordinator. Well, now I get the shot, right? And And, and this is the thing that, you know, if I could give advice to, other coaches like younger coaches or guys getting into it for the first time. This might be the opportunity that you're handed. You might have to take the JV spot. You might have to take the night, the, the freshman spot, do it and do it to the best of your ability. That's going to give you the experience you need later. So I'm excited for the opportunity to, 
gain more experience as a coordinator. Yeah, I, I, I was the run game coordinator. I did the. Ex- I didn't have to make. Me and the OC sat down and we said, "What run plays do we want?" Mm-hmm. And we discussed it. But I told him how the O line's going to block it. I said how the tight end needs to block it, how the H back needs to block. Yeah. We ran quarterback ISOs. How the running back going to block? But we were on the same page during the right. game. I told him what run plays were open. Um, and then I dove my toe, and there was times where I was like, "Hey, this p- pass play is open." So I got into that some more. It's just a fancy title of saying you're the O line coach. It's fine, mm-hmm. but you're right. It looks good, like run game coordinator. It looks good on the hog football chat, so I could say run game coordinator. It looks kind of good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I, dodged, I dodged that JV bullet because I was supposed to be the JV play caller. Now, yeah. we all practice together, so it's just Mondays. I have to go call the plays and then go home. But we didn't have enough kids, so here's how it happened. We had a freshman team. Sophomores, juniors, and seniors practiced together. We didn't have just a sophomore team. So the JV team became the sophomore team and the juniors we didn't use. So the sophomore coaches coached the JV game. So I I, I dodged that bullet. No offense, but I after doing a varsity game on Friday, doing the next thing on Saturday, and coming in on Monday, like, I don't want to go call plays. I'm right. exhausted. Yeah, the way that we run practice at uh, Brentsville is um, it's relatively similar, except for we don't separate. We, we don't have a freshman team because we just don't have the numbers. We have a JV and we have a varsity. We all practice basically on the same field at the same time. And each coach is given either – an offensive position or a defensive position. You don't coach both sides. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is when varsity is doing an offensive practice, the defensive coaches are with JV and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, So what will happen this year is when the varsity offense or when the varsity defense, they're having a defensive priority day. I'll be with the JV um, offense and running through our stuff, which is, um, and we can talk about offense later if we wanted to. And now I'm definitely not running the wing tee. <laughs> um, All right. Run game coordinator, but, not the wing tee. We're on a roll. But, um, we can talk about that later, but like I'll do all that. And then I'll have to come back over for when the varsity goes over team. Uh, and then, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On a JV away game, I'll have to be at part of practice 
for varsity and then have to run off and go drive off to the JV game. So I, 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 I don't know if, if it's a bullet because I've been like salivating at the opportunity to be given to be given the opportunity to call plays and be a coordinator. And I knew it was a, it was a big surprise when our office, our former coordinator stepped down. But I knew if something ever happened where that job would be open because our JV coordinator was doing such a great job, there was no way our head coach was going to hire me as the varsity offensive coordinator. Like there, it, it would, something weird would have to happen. And so this is the opportunity that came up and I took it gladly. I did have to have a heart to heart, come to Jesus meeting with my wife about it. <laughs> she was not completely happy with me taking on an extra game every week, um, especially with two kids. But um, I told her, I was like, look, you, you know, I have these aspirations to be a coordinator. This is the path that I have to take. Um, and so she's fine with it. I told her I would do extra chores in the off season. Um, she's really big into, I don't know if anybody else's wives are big into British murder mystery shows. I don't like, she loves, um, you've ever heard of Poirot or Miss Marple or Midsummer Murders. Um, there's a Canadian show called Murdoch Mysteries. I've come around on them a little bit, but they're still not my favorite, but I told her, I will literally sit there. The one that I hate the most is Miss Marple. It's just boring <laughs> and dry. And I said, listen, when the off season happens, as long as football's not on, like the NFL or something's not on, I will sit there and watch Miss Marple with you. And I will not say a darn word about it. <laughs> I won't complain or anything. Uh, she's like, you're lying. And I was like, no, I'm not lying. I'll do it. <laughs> but oh. I say dodged a bullet because it was COVID year. That's true. So yeah. If it was a normal year and I had to go call JV plays, I think I'd be okay with it because it's a game. I'd rather do a game than practice. But I mean, I, luck, luck, luckily, I live close to the school, so it's not like it's a, a long distance away. That's but true. some of the some of the teams that we play are like an hour, hour and a half away, and that that's when it gets that's when it sucks. That's when you have to plug in a uh, book on tape in your car. <laughs> well, that's what happened this year with COVID. Um, we we had to split the buses up so coaches we had to drive ourselves, and I was like, oh darn, got to drive ourselves yeah. to the game, and so we dodged some bullets. Then we go back to normal. We have to take the bus. Uh, I was gonna say, so when you guys split up your practice, we try to do the same thing. Um, like JV defense would go work and varsity offense would do our thing. I just didn't have enough guys. There was, I felt like I was wasting time. Yeah. I'd have to do, I, sometimes I couldn't even do half line stuff. Like it just didn't make sense. I may only have six or seven guys. So this year I'm going to have to tell for next year, I'm going to have to be like, Hey, we may not be able to do this anymore. <laughs> or at least the, yeah. the line, I need the D line to come down. And we need to go one-on-one. We need to do five-on-seven or whatever. That's the only thing that sucks. When you were saying that, I was having flashbacks. I'm like, oh, my God, I only got six people. What am I going to (laughs) do? Yeah, we – I had the problem of 
this year was weird. So kind of give people a little bit of reference um, in Virginia. We're in Virginia and our season got pushed back by the VHSL, which is the Virginia high school league. The winter sports got pushed into December, mid December through February. Fall sports were from February to April and spring sports were from April until June. So a lot of our kids like norm, like usually in a normal year, we would get our kids fresh off summer, right? A lot of our kids are wrestlers. Like we have a high wrestling, uh, a a relatively good wrestling um, program here. And a lot of our football players wrestle, which is great. Uh, So a couple of my offensive linemen were wrestlers. And one of them who was our only starting, only returning starter from last year, on offensive line, he was a wrestler and he was a state level wrestler came back in probably the best physical shape that he had been since he had been at our school, which was amazing, which we hope he's still, he's still lifting and working out. And then a couple of our other kids that we thought were going to be starters were on the basketball team who had a COVID breakout the last week of the regular season. So we started our spring practice in mid-February with one returning offensive starter on, on, on the offensive line. Almost no seniors. And the other three or f- four offensive linemen that we were looking at to be starters didn't show up until maybe week two of the season of the practice because they were in COVID protocols and the only thing that we could do is have meetings and they could come to the meetings and look at us do draw stuff on the board. But how much does that really translate to a high school kid? Mm-hmm. So I had the, uh, we had a lot of returning um, skill players who knew the system that we were running. And there was a loophole in the state where, a lot of our skill kids could go play on the same seven on seven squad. And some of our offensive coaches were actually the coaches on those squads. So they literally just ran our stuff. So the skill kids came in knowing all of our passing concepts, the skilled kids came in already have practiced it and got that stuff down. Bar- all offensive line. We had one returning starter who knew the system. The rest were coming from JV and most of the kids that we wanted to start weren't showing up. So imagine my place when we're in like the second, practice and we're trying to run um you know on air offensive plays and we can't get a snap off because we don't have our starting center how frustrating that is and i'm spending most of my first three weeks of indie trying to install plays mm-hmm. instead of working on technique yep and so it's a good thing i'm not showing film right now because i would say the first couple of games our technique was horrible because I had to focus on install. I had to. Yep. I had young players. Um, and we had, I, I, I loved the, like as a, as a person, the offensive coordinator that we had, I love him as a person. Like he's a great, he's a good guy and a good friend. I disagreed with a lot of things that he did as an offensive coordinator, specifically with the run game. I thought we had too many run plays. I'm not going to name them all, but we had at least anywhere from eight to 10 different run plays, all different run schemes. Most of them gap scheme. 
Um, and so, and a lot of them basically doing the same thing, in my opinion. And we could get into an argument with it. I could get into an argument with somebody. We ran nobody really cares. We ran we ran a lot of wide zone this year, which is outside zone, you know. Our purpose for running wide zone, we want to hit the cutback lane. We're reading that block on the outside. We want to hit the cutback, which basically turns it to an off off tackle play. Like it hits around where the 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 C gap D gap is, at least it's supposed to. Our offensive coordinator also wanted to install buck sweep. What gap does buck sweep hit if you run it the right way? It hits the C gap the D gap area, and so I'm. I could argue until my my face was blue. Why are we putting in these two plays and trying to practice these two plays when they do the same thing? Okay. He was never been an offensive line guy. So he, whenever he draws plays up, he rarely even thinks about the offensive line. He's like, oh, it'll be easy to teach it. They'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm teaching five different guys, five different things on each play. Not to mention you do it to the right and the left. That's basically two two plays. You also have to teach them how to adjust that play to different defenses. Yep. So think of all the different combinations of things these kids have to try to memorize when you have eight to ten run plays. And you have all these different defenses you face every week. It's ridiculous the amount of mental strain we're trying to put on these kids. And yeah, no wonder our offensive line, because of the other problems we had, wasn't necessarily our strong spot this year. I, I'm not trying to, you know, maybe I didn't coach them well enough, but I think there were other issues as well, besides the fact that we were young. We had one senior who started on the offensive line, and he wasn't even supposed to start. He kind of surprised us in in uh, the first couple of weeks. It was supposed to be an all-junior and sophomore group. And we get most of them back this year, which is nice. Um, and most of them will probably be playing the same position. So they're not really learning a whole lot. Plus, with the plan that we have in place, we're going to try to simplify things, not run as many schemes. Um, I don't know if your your listeners really care about this or not, but my plan for JV, and I honestly don't give a crap if anybody who's going to play us is listening to us because they're not going to know the plays that I'm going to call. We're going to be zone based. Okay. And this is, this is coming from a man who, I love it. This is coming from a man who has, hath protested too much about zone based schemes in the past. <laughs> um, Coach Jim yes. has rubbed off on you. I love it. Here we go. Yes. I love, I love Wing T. I love the Wing T philosophy. And I still plan on using the if then philosophy. Um, and trying to make things series-based. But that's not what that's not who we are. And plus, my head coach would fire me if I tried to install the wing tee. So we will not be going under center. We will be gun. Probably I will be doing more pistol this year than I have in the past. I, I like the fact that I can move the running back around and have the defense not know where he's going to be. Um. And yes, Brent, Coach Deerman has rubbed off on me a lot. I am going to use a couple of his concepts. I'm not going to say what. Every run play that we have will have some kind of option component. 
whether that be an RPO component, which because it's JV, it's going to be extremely simplified. <laughs> and we're going to run like the same one over and over again. Just run the slant. Um, okay. Or or it's going to have like a legitimate like double or even triple option component to it. Um, because both me, both myself and the current varsity offense coordinator, um, option football, whether you're triple option guy, RPO, there's no way a defense can be correct. The only way the defense can be correct is if they're just flat out better than you. That's the only way. And option football can actually reduce the impact of uh, skill to a certain degree. I mean, look at what Georgia Southern was able to do to Alabama a couple of years ago. They Georgia Southern beat Florida <laughs> a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and they were running triple option. I mean, look at the things triple options teams have done that they really should not have done based on skill. Um, but the base play is going to be inside zone because, and this is, I know some, some, you've probably talked to some offensive line coaches before and offensive guys. What's the one play you would run if that was the only play you were allowed to run? Mine's inside zone. As you guys know, the Coach Steve Show is also brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. The Unhinged Sports Network is a 24-hour, seven days a week, non-stop playing uh, radio podcast about any sport that you guys can imagine. They have a proud partnership with Fanatics. So if you go to the link in the description, uh, go to Fanatics, use that link, and go get some gear to support the Coach Steve Show and to support the Unhinged Sports Network. They have deals all the way up to 70% off. They have deals for free shipping. And they have every single sports team you could think of. Your college team is going to be on there. Your professional team is going to be on there. They have good deals on jerseys, t-shirts, hats, socks, anything you want. So please use the link in the description to go to fanatics.com. Say big on your team's gear to help support the, support the Unhinged Sports Network and to support the Coach Steve Show. Yeah, you said, <laughs> I think you broke the internet when you said you were going to run zone. Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, um, so it'll be inside zone. And um, again, I'm taking some keys from a couple of other coaches. None of this, I'm, I'm, I do not take any credit for any of the schemes that we will be running. I have stolen legitimately everything from other people. <laughs> um, we're going to have inside zone is going to be our base. So it's going to be inside zone, outside zone. And the reason that we're going zone is our base is because at the JV level, at the varsity level, you can kind of know what the defense is going to do and usually where they're going to line up. But I'll tell you at the varsity level, they, they show up in random stuff that I've never seen before. And the gap scheme can get a little bit difficult when they do that. If you're in a zone-based offense, you can handle just about any defensive front that they throw out at you, almost. Um as long as the kids know their rules and they're, and they're strong in their rules, it just takes a lot of reps, reps and reps and reps and reps and reps. So inside zone, outside zone is going to be our base. And then I would also like to run power and counter, which are actually already in our system. So our kids should know it already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will, it, everything will be based off of inside zone and I would also 
we're going to run a little bit of speed option. So that's going to be something that we'll do out of the gun. Um, but one of the reasons I like inside zone so much is that I can use tags to make one play a hundred different plays. Um, and also the RPO RPOs off of it are ridiculous. Um, but like I could, you know, just simple tags. So I can say zone, you know, if you're, if you, I can say inside zone, right. I'm not going to tell you guys what we call it. So inside zone, right. And then if I say the word lock, that tells my backside tackle that he's locked onto that defensive end and we're not reading him. I could say inside zone read. Now he knows he's not blocking him. He's going to the next level. That's basically two plays, but the only person who's really different is the tackle and the quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you bring an H back into it, which we do, we have an H back in our system. You can start doing things like adding a tag for like arc where he arcs around the defensive end and goes to another backer, which is a nice one, nice tag that I like versus a, uh, a three, four defense when you have a bunch of linebackers on the, on the field. Um, and then you could do simple RPO would be um, a inside zone read what we call slip, which is where that the, uh, the H back will act like he's doing his slip block or his arc block, and then he'll slip out into the flat. And so you read the defensive end or whoever that linebacker is that he used to block. And if that linebacker comes up right over his head, usually wide open. So that's simple things that you can do on the JV level. That's why I like it so much. Um, I'm still toying with whether or not – so. Outside zone, we ran a lot of it this year. We, we ran it the wide zone way. It wasn't our best play. And Brent Deerman again, is kind of rubbing off on me a little bit. I'm toying with the idea of instead of running outside zone, running Buck Sweet. Because he came from the um, Gus Malzahn system of running Buck Sweep instead of outside zone because you get better angles with the blocking. Um, it's a little bit more predictable with where the running back's going to go. But the problem with buck sweep is, you know, the penetration on the backside for the polar and it, that we'll, we'll see what happens. I I'm not completely solid on which one I'm doing yet, but inside zone is definite. Yeah. You could do pen and pull. Same thing. Yeah. Could. Um, but again, I'm trying to keep things simple for the JV kids. You know, like four four base run plays will probably do it. Well, because we did pin and pull just a little bit this year, and I've never coached it, so this was fun. If we called pin and pull to the right, I said, okay, do you have somebody to your left? <laughs> no, then you're bullard. Yeah. Do you have somebody to your left? Yeah, well, then you're down blocking. So my center was a senior, and one. So when we lined it up, he goes, "I get to pull," mm-hmm. and I was like, "You do," and he was the best one. I mean, if if the um, one of the major reasons I like the outside zone so much is because this past season, I convinced the offensive coordinator to combine what we called stretch blocking 
with our jet sweep game. So mm-hmm. we basically ran stretch blocking up front, outside zone blocking when we ran jet sweep. The only difference was when it was jet sweep, our backside guys did not block the defensive lineman. That's the only thing. We just went straight to the second level. And that's that's because I want to run some a lot of jet sweep with these kids because we're gonna have I have no idea what I'm getting offensive line wise with the JV kids. <laughs> I I don't know how like how many we're getting, how good they're gonna be. I don't know if they're really bad. We're probably gonna run a ton of jet sweep, <laughs> and even if they're really good, we're probably still gonna run a lot of jet sweep because jet sweep's hard to defend at that level. Um, and if you get really good at it you can do some stuff up front where you run jet. You can have your guy do jet motion and then fake the jet sweep and have your running back act like he's blocking for jet sweep. Hopefully that holds the defensive end. Then you run counter the other way, or you can run power read. You know, if you're really bad at jet blocking, just run power, (laughs) you know, and they only have to learn one or two things. Um, But you could, it makes it look complicated. If you have more formations and tags and stuff like that, it makes it look complicated to the defense, but your kids are hopefully not confused. That's why at one school I was at, we didn't want to add an outside play. We just kept – we ran power read without the puller, and it was so simple because you have half the line blocking inside zone like left, your right tackles arc releasing. I did it for Coach Stone's magazine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then someone said, you did, you drew it wrong. You didn't block the Mike linebacker. And I was like, yeah, that was on purpose. We can't. <laughs> And that's why the next play was I typed in. It wasn't Coach Stone. Somebody said that to him mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Maybe that's true. I don't care. I said, but that's why the next play was, oh, is this my linebacker giving you problems? Put the running back on the other side. Motion the other guy. Now the running back can go block, and you hand it off to this guy. Well, that's that's why I like in the, I like to pair inside zone with the outside with our outside zone because we use a number scheme when we number the defense. And for both plays, the number scheme is exactly the same. Like the mic is always the mic. And so the next guy is going to be the next guy. The major difference between the two is your footwork and where we're aiming to, to run the ball. That's the major difference. And so once you've got the, once you've got the number scheme down and you understand where your footwork is going to be, you should be just fine. Plus power and counter. The front side of that play is the same thing. You're down blocking. <laughs> Double teaming and down blocking. Oh, I think I might have lost you again. What do I pay internet for? <laughs> well, well, what what I was saying was, uh, you know, power and counter. They're front side. They're the same thing. Like the major difference is who's kicking out the defensive end and who's wrapping. That's major difference between the two. Um, and so once you teach power or whatever you like, maybe we put counter in first. Once we teach counter the next day, we might come in and put in power and I'll be like, okay, you two literally the same thing you just did yesterday. <laughs> and it's so like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, just do the same thing. Um, your, your so. gap down backer still, it's just yep. a skip pole now instead of, I tried to say that we were put in trap. I love trap, but when we trapped the five tech, I said, Hey guys, when we down block, what does this look like? Now, of course, they don't understand schemes. So I'm like, This looks like power, doesn't it? Oh, you had some asshole line coach coming in to change everything. And they're like, Oh, this is what it is. 
but then my problem was I outsmarted myself. We we would trap the three tech or the five. Mm-hmm. We always wanted to trap the three tech first. We didn't have if we did not have a three tech and we saw a five tech, we gave like a we use pepper. So we say pepper, it means it's a longer trap. Yeah. And yeah. We didn't have a legit trap play, but we had this one play where um, our H back was inserting to one of the gaps based on where the, uh, whether we had a nose guard or like an inside shade on the guard or an outside shade on the guard. And so we had a wider tight call. If that play side defensive tackle player was in a one technique is what we called them, the inside shade of the guard. Mm-hmm. We would say tight, tight, tight. Okay. And that would mean that guard would block him down and the, the H back would wrap up right behind the guard's butt and get the linebacker. This year, and this was my idea this year, especially we put it in for a certain team, but we kept it for the rest of the year because they had um, head up uh, tackles on their guards and they would actually do like, they would leave like a huge open wide space in the middle of the field. I would say, well, if they're in their in their wide technique, and we call a wide call, why don't we allow the guard to go straight for the linebacker and have our H back trap block that wide technique defensive tackle? So if he was in a three tech, which is what we call him, if he's in a three technique or outside shade of the guard or even head up on the guard, we would make a wide call, and that way it turned into trap. It was a decent play. Um, and we had a really good H back who was just a, a beast of a player and he didn't care who he went up against and he would just knock the crap out of him. Our running backs had a difficult time with the timing and the angles. Like we kept telling him, Hey, if, if you get the wide call and we're doing the trap play, you have to hit that midline harder. You have to maybe align yourself a little bit tighter than you normally would. And I, unfortunately our, running back group this year was a little bit lazy and wasn't really coachable that, that much. Um, and so it just didn't hit like we wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, like I said, we had quite a few different run plays in this year. And so a lot of times they were confused as to what exactly they were doing. Um, hopefully our communication is a little bit better this season. Um, Cause we have a, a decent quarterback. Who's going to be a running guy coming back. We have most of our O-line coming back. We have one decent – we have one really good running back coming back. Hopefully the rest of them kind of fill out. <laughs> we have more than that because he plays linebacker as well. So we have some good talent coming back. It's just can we take advantage of it? And I think we're going to have a tight end. He was a JV kid this year, but I'm not sure how tough he was. He didn't block a whole lot. <laughs> um I think we're going to have a tight end, so we might not, we might not have an H back this year, which is going to be different for us because the last couple of years we've had one. We really don't necessarily have the bodies for it. We might be more just tight end spread. Um, which hey, if that's what we've got, we've got to adapt to it and just go with it. So since but, we first started these podcasts, you're no longer wing T in your zone. I'm hearing more, more, more spread. 
I still I, have wing T roots. <laughs> I am the. You gotta do the if, the if then. We were heavy I, power I'm the, power. I'm the, I'm the Gus Malzahn of JV high school football. <laughs> oh, you gotta have the if then. We were heavy power power read. Mm-hmm. When I didn't crash down a lot, we were or stayed out. We were like, all right, power read. If you want to stay out, run power read. It's good to go. I was going to say, I, we did the same thing. We were heavy power, so our running back was – I told him power is A gap, B gap, C gap. We have no idea. No mm-hmm. idea where it's going to go. He was used to reading that. We were heavy ISO, so he was used to reading that. And then when we finally got to trap, it was just really hard for them to grasp, like to go up the middle. Yeah. And our running back was really, really, really good. So it's not him. It was just when you call traps six times a game, but we call power ISO and zone most of the time, it's like hard to be like, go, just go up the middle. I've never had, I've never had trap out of the gun hit quite the way I want it to. And I've never seen trap out of the gun hit quite the way I would like it to trap. The trap play was meant to be under center. Unfortunately, I love trap out of pistol. That one hits a lot. So that's why this year we ran pistol and um, other spread. We did both. So you never knew what we were going to do. So just because we were pistol doesn't mean it was going to be trap. We ran power. We ran ISO. We passed. Now, when you run power, is your running backs – like, are you running – because the way that we're going to run inside zone is that the quarterback will turn and face – to wherever his read is, so the the if we're running zone left, he the quarterback's turning to his right. The running back will have his first step will be to the right, and then he will cut back to the left. But when you run power, do you have the running back just run downhill, or does he like cut back like he would on inside zone? Because I'm thinking about doing it where he just we, he just turns and hands it. So what you're saying is if you run zone right. Is the quarterback turning right or left? He'll turn to the left. Okay. Yeah, power. If we ran power right, he's open up to the left still. So it was still the same okay. footwork. It was the exact same thing. Running back was just trying to find the first gap. At the beginning of the year, we said aim for this. Mm-hmm. You're aiming for wherever the running or the, the lineman's going. Then it got to the point where we said if you have a cutback, you're going to cut it back. So it was all the same. Then we end up making ISO handoff the same too, just to get all the same. Because mm-hmm. we ran ISO with the insert, and then we ran tackle wrap out of it. Right. So you ran ISO, and if we tagged it, tackle did it. I told I stole that from Illinois College. That was a great play for people that need that. He still reads the end, so he could. Hand, it's like it's counter kind of like he's reading right. the control. Uh, great play. Um. Then we did some unbalanced. You'd be very happy. We unbalanced a lot. We did a few unbalanced stuff, and that stuff's great. Hey, I, I'm telling you what, I'm not going to get really complicated with the uh, the play calls, but I'm going to come out with some weird. Excuse my language. I'm going to come out with some weird shit with formations. <laughs> Do some weird stuff. Um, there's a again. I'm not going to. There's some unbalanced. There's some ways that you can make spread unbalanced. And maybe the defensive coordinator notices or they don't like you can run quads. We're going to do a couple things out of quads this year. Obviously we're limited with what we're going to do because I don't want to get too crazy with it because it's JV. Um, but we'll do some quads. 
I, I don't know if I would get fired if I actually installed this or not, if I didn't say something to the uh, the head coach. I don't know if you've ever heard of um, – oh, uh, I'm brain fart off my head. Coach Ein, I think, out of Oregon, he, he did a lot of stuff from single wing, but from like spread formations. He came out with something a long time ago called the Stupid Sweep. I don't know if you've ever heard it. I did like a um, a blog on the stupid sweep a long time ago. It's it's the most unbalanced formation that you can get legally. <laughs> Legitimately, the last guy on the line of scrimmage on one side is the center. <laughs> and then everyone else is on the opposite side. It's legal. I mean, it, you know, the last time I looked in the real books, it's legal. Now, whether or not the referees know that or not is an issue. You might have to say something before the play, before you actually do that. Like, hey, I looked it up. This is supposed to be legal. We do this. Um, and so <laughs> that might be something I might look into for like two-point conversion or something just to kind of screw. Because you know the first time I come out and that, someone's going to call a timeout. <laughs> and, and then I'll come out and cause something completely different. You know, it's going to be, one, it's gonna be one of those things – the huh? ref will be like, "That's illegal," and and then you're then you can't do it again. Like, right? Or, or when you, by the time you prove it, the defense has already shifted. You're like, "Well, what the hell, man?" Well, the because I was reading his article about it a long time ago, and he said when they ran it, because he ran it quite a bit. When they ran it, they would read it before he ran it, so the quarterback would look. Okay, did they overshift? What does the, the, the weak side look like? Is there anyone on defense out there? If not, you're running away from the formation, just trying to outrun everybody. Um, and he would put the fastest guy he had on the field at that position. If not, you ran it to the formation, and usually there would be like two bubbles. There would be one like in the middle of the formation that would open up because the people would overload that way, or there would be one on the outside. And I was just like, this is like the most simple thing ever but it's so simple that it's it's genius. Like cuz nobody thinks about these things. No. This is like Bill Belichick level stuff. They look for rules that they can exploit. If you're not looking for rules to exploit and loopholes to exploit, you might not be doing I'm not saying you're not doing your job, but I don't know. Because, yeah, you want to focus on being good and focus on technique. I get that. But there's only so much time in a day <laughs> to work on oh, technique. That's a true outside thinker. I fall into the trap of I want to steal things or I'm going to stick to the to like it has to be this. Mm-hmm. Like when we went on balance, we'd go on balance. So if you pull your left tackle over, tight end replaces him. Then all of a sudden you put an H back right behind the, the balance side, slip them out the other side because they're all focused over here. Mm-hmm. run zone or run ISO. It's just, Oh, don't worry. Like coach Basher said it last time. I go, Steve, what's it like to be a option guy? I'm like, shut up. We ran the ball a lot. <laughs> we ran the ball 80% of the time this year. That's what I want. I wanted, I wanted the tight end and an H back. I wanted this, this, and this. Now, did we put in mesh? Absolutely. We did, mm-hmm. but mesh had a bunch is beautiful. I'm just saying, I still haven't ruled putting that out. So, and then we took a lot of um, 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 Miami of Ohio. We mm-hmm. took a lot of stuff from them. A lot of their plays from power. 
we scored a lot of touchdowns. We had a time six five. Our tight end was six four. Sophomore, sophomore, mm-hmm. just lobbed up to him, mm. and he could just throw people down. So the whole last game, all we kept hearing was ADA, ADA, and they just kept going to him. Right. And we said, beautiful, we'd run away. <laughs> We're like, beautiful, you got to follow him, we'll go this way. That's why we put him pin and pull. We're like, we'll go that way. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things this past two years, because we're gap scheme, a lot of times other teams of the defenses would read our, um, our H back. Cause a lot of our plays, the H back would take you right to the play. And so this year I'm looking for ways to mess with that. So if you're going to read my H back, I'm going to have an answer. That's the, that's the wing T thing, right? The, the, if then, if you're reading this, I'm going to run this. You know, if you're reading my guards, I'm going to run something else. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably won't have a, hu- a huge amount of pulling guards this year unless we do a lot of pin and pull. And because uh, we, we varsity wise, we're putting pin and pull in and it's going to replace the buck suite. But um, JV, I'm looking to see how well they pick up the other stuff first. If they surprise me and they pick up the, everything else really well, I might do pin and pull because right, you're right. Pin and pull is super simple. It is, it's relatively easy, but they got to prove to me that they can pick it up. Um, I'm going to, you know, I've got those four base run plays that we're going to put in week one and practice the heck out of them. And then if we need to, we'll add things here or there, yep. you know, like um, our speed option is basically going to be the stretch play, but you just don't block that guy, leave that guy unblocked and go to the second right. level. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's a lot of same things. Like we're running the same thing up front. It's just a slightly different variation of it with a tag. Um, like, you know, if a team, because JV defenses seem to like the bear front a lot. <laughs> if you run bear front against me, you're going to get a lot of jet sweep. You're going to get a lot of speed option. <laughs> you're going to get a lot of outside stuff. Um, and hopefully we're able to get outside of you. Um, if you run the three, four against us and you keep those outside backers on the line of scrimmage instead of cover, we, cause we're, there's a team that we're going to play and I'm not going to say what we're going to run, but I'm scheming against them already because I know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to line up in a three, four base. They're going to have their outside linebackers outside of our tackles, defensive ends head up on the tackles and nose guard two inside backers. They're going to have, if we're in doubles, they're going to have their safeties over like 20 yards down or 15 yards down the field over our slots. And they're, they're going to have the corners about eight yards off of our outside receivers. So there's things that I can do to force you to get those outside backers out. And then I'm going to start running you up the middle, you know, like, and I really hope they're not listening to that because they're going to know what I'm going to do. But I mean, heck if, if, if they know what we're going to do, fine, we just need to execute. But yeah, you went the opposite of me. As soon as you said that, I was like, trap. <laughs> trap. Leave well, the outside backer alone. Don't even mess with him. He's out of the play. You trap the five tech, you get right up the middle, and it forces them to squeeze in more. Then you start doing your jet sweep to the outside because now you're they're gonna go to four eyes. Those backers are gonna come in. Well, if trap, they I bring, personally like if teams do that crazy. if teams do that, I personally like um I like attacking the flats in the passing game. 
who knew the uh, you're going passing game first on this? I'm the one going. Uh, one game. Like one of my favorite, one of the favorite ones that I want to put in is um, where we line up in doubles, or it might be even out of an H back formation. And so, if we're in doubles, you take one of your slots, you motion them over across the formation. I and it's like a quick, just a quick motion. And as he is right about to pass the tackle, you snap the ball. You kind of, you, you do like a little half rollout. He's in the flat. You've got either a corner with the inst- the other slot, or he he might just go deep and just move those guys out. And that guy's going to be if they have that linebacker on the line of scrimmage and he's a run player, and they have their safeties are covering those slots. Nobody's covering that guy. He's no. going to get five yards a pop if not more, if he makes somebody miss. So I'm going to, and, and, and the thing is, it's funny. It's a funny story. My head coach is the defensive coordinator. He said, I've, he says, I've never faced an offensive coordinator. He, he, he runs a uh, 33 stack and the flats are our weakness in, in cover three, 33 stack. He said, I've never faced an offensive coordinator that was patient enough to run a play in the flats the entire way down the field. And I said, F that. If you're leaving the flats open and I'm getting five yards a pop, I'm pl- I'm calling the same damn play again. <laughs> and you're just going to have to stop it. I mean, until you can prove to me. And then I'm going to have an answer for when you do check and you do do something. Okay? I'm going to have something on that on my play sheet. Okay, if they do this, and this is the wing T philosophy coming back, if they do this, I'm co- I'm going to this. I have an answer for it. Hopefully I have an answer for just about everything you can do. I probably don't have an answer for if your kids are just better than our kids. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Just just don't outsmart yourself. That's why our us offensive guys outsmart ourselves. I'm just trying to keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. That's like I that my uh, thing on Coach Stone's magazine. That's my saying. Keep it simple, stupid. Well, that's why I mind it as a simple spread. Like everything yep. is simple. That's why my inside zone looks like ISO, Coach Banstra. But you heard Coach Dearman say that's how he runs his inside zone. Yeah. During that during that clinic, I started jump up and down. I was like, Banstra, did you hear that? Shepherd, hey, did we, you hear that? We we ran a lot of ISO this year. Um, we didn't call it ISO, but we basically ran a lot of ISO. Um, if we had the H back, we would run it with. We would have the tailback run it. If we were in spread, we would have the tailback be the ISO blocker and have the quarterback run it because we had a pretty darn good running quarterback. And he's coming back, so we're probably going to have that again. That was probably our best play this year. Same, uh, same with us. Super, it's super easy to teach up front. Super it easy. Is. And it's like one of the most simple plays, and I think our offensive coordinator was hesitant to run it as much as we did because he thought it was it was dumb how simple it was. You know, yeah. like and he wanted to like try to be smart and try to look smart. And I was like, "No. We have a potential future D1 D2 tackle on one side with another fat kid right next to him who's really strong. I, I, I I'm not saying that to be mean. I love the kid, but he's a pretty hefty dude. Run run ISO right. Just run ISO right. Just do it. You know, like it, you're going to get three yards a pop. And it, it in that play. 
Are you guys tired of overpaying for your cable? Do you think, oh, I need to go to the streaming side so I can save some money? Are you tired of taking out a small loan to pay for the cable just to watch things? There's so many streaming services. Do you not know or are having a hard time pick which streaming service? Lucky for you, the Coach Steve Show, which is on the Unhinged Sports Network, have a proud partnership with Fubo TV. Fubo TV has over 100 plus channels. They have NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, much more without the hassle of that cable contract. If you don't believe me, go to the link in the bio. You can get a seven-day free trial today. So if you click on the link in the bio of the episode, you can get a free seven-day trial to support the Unhedged Sports Network, to support the Coach Steve Show podcast. Please use that link. Guys, it's time to cut the cord. Streaming services is where it's at. Get the internet. Get the streaming service. You can, if you don't like it, get rid of it, but I think you're going to like it. That's why there's a seven-day free trial. Cut the cord. Quit taking out small loans to pay for this cable network. Please don't let these cable people trick you into getting into a three-year contract, two-year contract, and raising your rates. Go to Fubo TV. Best way to watch all the sports, any shows that you watch. So please support the show. Go click on the link now. Try it out for seven days free. Cut the cord. I could show you some of the ones where we ran it with the quarterback and how it opened, like the, the, the floodgates just opened up up front. It was ridiculous how much running room these guys had. It was, it, and that's a play that if people aren't running that, then I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> like you have that. It's, it's so simple. And then it combats a lot of things. So if you get like a four eye, you fold block it mm-hmm. so guard can kick him out. And now you've got hit the tackle inserting H backs inserting. It's just, it's, it's, it's so simple. Then I saw a team that would have their tackles gallop inside the guy to kick them out. And I've never really seen a gallop used that way. I've always seen it for power to like knock a guy off. Yeah. So I stole that. We played them this year. They're on pin and pull and ISO. And when I saw their tackles do that, I'm like, I'm stealing this because I just teach gallop to travel. If there's no one in your gap on power, you're galloping. And so I started to do that. I was like, we're going to gallop inside and kick out. And it just I, opened up. I just taught my my tackles because usually what we would get versus most defenses, we faced a lot of even front teams this year. Usually what we would get when we ran that play, you would get an, a defensive end that was outside shade of you, unless we were running it to a tight end, which he was way far away. If you had a defensive end that was outside shade of you, I told them to take a really fast inside step with their opposite foot and then turn and get that guy turned out. Um, sometimes we would have issues with a guy who would try to shoot inside because they knew we ran that play a lot, which we, in which case we told them, put your hand on his hip and wash him down. And the running back used to read that. Um, but that, that worked out well for us, but I might, if you have information on that Gallup technique, I might look at that. Cause I've only taught Gallup. Cause that's what I saw on power. Like if you got nobody in your gap, but there's a guy head up the night, guy next to you galloped to protect the gap just in case that guy looped. Or like a quick double team, they gallop, you blast the guy into the next guy, and then you go to the backer. But then on film, I saw the other team where if you because we played head up, our defense played head up, they would gallop inside and kick out. 
Yeah. And I was like, I've never seen that before. And it worked. So I tried to do it. And it kind of works. We had to practice it more. Um, but then if we had a guy shoot in really hard all the time, we would just fold block it. So the guard would go take care of him and we just go around. Okay. So it doesn't become ISO anymore, but it still kind of is. That, that, really- that's basically belly. Yeah. So <laughs> the like- wing T belly. So because we, I saw so much three five, or we saw so much three five. That's where I had to come into play. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if they had the guy head up the tackle and a guy walk down, we could fan it out and have a guy insert. Um, the only problem was the nose guard. You know, if he was slanting one way, but they just have to read that. So if we could fan out and just open up the gap, if they're reading our H back and we had him on the left called ISO right. We could just run something the other way, like a quick screen or something. Like you could just do so much. Right. So yeah, that's I stole things. I'd watch film on people like they were on ISO. Let me see this. Oh, okay. And then we do it. Yeah. We we have talked about Brent Deerman a lot, and I uh a lot of what we're gonna do on the JV is gonna look like a lot like what you guys saw on those <laughs> those uh zooms. Now I'm probably not gonna use nearly as many RPOs as he did. Uh, and some of them I might have to adjust to what we have uh, personnel-wise. Because um, I know personnel-wise I'm going to have an H-back. I know I'm going to have two running backs. And a quarterback situation is a little difficult, JV. We're not going to have amazing wide receivers. So the passing game might be limited. Um, but the RPO game should be open. Again, it's going to be very simple. Mm-hmm. Super simple RPOs. One read. I'm not going to have like double reads or third level reads or anything like that. It's going to be one read. Um, if we can get the guy that I want, he's re- he'll be a returning JV starter because he's only a sophomore. But he might be competing for a spot varsity. I hope he doesn't because I want him on JV because we'll be so much better on JV if he's played. Um, the second the guy behind him, he's not bad. He's just not the same type of athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we probably would not be able to run it as much with the quarterback with it, with him. Um, I, I have no idea if I'm going to have a tight end. If I don't fine, we'll just run three receiver sets. Maybe it, and maybe I'll go split back. Do you a little bit of back. Back, line him by the wing. Just don't block him. He can just go out. There's stuff you can do. And what that's why I like about that's why I like about Brent Deerman's RPOs is he reads one guy. Yeah. Because some people try to do the RPOs where they have a defensive end unblocked and they're trying to read a linebacker. I'm like, that's no longer an RPO because you got triple pick. option. Yeah. You got to you got to pick. Are you going to read the end or the backer? You got to pick. I do. I do have one one play that's kind of like a triple option play that I'm only going to run it. If I know we can do it, like if we've done it in practice, then we might run it. It's basically zone read. So if you might run zone read left, read, leave the defensive end unblocked. If he sits, hand it off. If he chases, which is the only time I'm really going to run this play is if he's chasing the zone a lot. If he chases, you pull it. And now you're reading that outside backer, the one that's right up on the line. And you're going to have your H back go on that little slip route. If that outside backer chases the slip route, quarterback runs it. If he sits, 
like I know he's probably going to do toss quick little toss again that's basically a triple option that's basically veer just running it with zone yeah <laughs> and, and, and a throw instead of a pitch so again how well can they pick it up because i'm hopefully going to be able to run some like since i'm the o-line coach it's going to be difficult i probably won't be as involved with the seven on seven um Hopefully we're going to have like RPO periods, like our team period might be an RPO period. And so it, you get both the run and the pass out of it. Um, and then hopefully I might be able to have, if I can have another coach that can help out, maybe run some like option skelly, you know, and just like you, you, the quarterback and the running backs and the whoever's involved in that will run like the actual like inside zone read. They'll run the, the slip play and, and practice that when we're and hopefully get good at X. I want to get good at it. I want to be good at something. I want to be good at zone inside zone and then work from there. It's music to my ears to hear that. <laughs> don't tell Bennett. <laughs> Actually, I don't care. He'll, he'll probably, he'll, he'll know about it anyways. If we ever do a podcast again, he's going to have to know. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to, uh, talk to you guys and start figuring things out. Cause my uh, schedule will start to open up a little bit more in the next couple, couple of weeks. And maybe we can start doing some more uh, college football breakdowns and talk about why Michigan sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and why their basketball team is soft. I honestly didn't watch much basketball, you know, even though I had more time to do it, I just didn't do it. I didn't watch basketball. I, I usually do watch it. I, I did. Just, I Illinois, did. Illinois was so good. I had to watch it. Yeah. And we had I to just, win the Big Ten. I don't know. I just didn't watch it a whole lot, and I tried to watch some of the some of the tournament, but I don't know. I don't know if my interest in basketball is dropping off or what, or if it's just, just football, 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 football. I don't know what it is. It was probably that. Like, it's crazy to think that we're done with football and we're going to go back to it in a month. Well, and, and in Virginia, we were in the middle of football season while basketball was going on. So that might have been another. It's just distracted. So that might have been it. Because usually when basketball, college basketball season's on, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> That's true. So by the time that basketball season's going, I'm usually have nothing to do and there's no football to watch. Um, but. Because that's my that's my second sport that I watch is basketball. Um, not a big baseball guy. I can watch a game every now and then if it's a team I like or if it's a certain reason I'm watching it. But uh, I'd rather play baseball. I used to be real big on baseball, but then the Cubs got their own network, and you had to pay for that. And that's just one other thing to worry about. And I said, nope. That's what Longhorn Network. I hate that. I hate the Longhorn Network. I don't get it. Like I, because I have Xfinity, and we don't have access to it, so I would have to pay extra to do it. I'm like, no. So like, whenever they do uh, Texas versus Kansas, it's always on the Longhorn Network. I'm like, crap, can't watch it. You know, like Texas versus UTEP, first game of the year. It's always on the Longhorn Network. Now I am kind of slightly moving away from Texas as being my favorite team because I'm tired of 
being constantly disappointed, but and, and, and I think Army is becoming my favorite team now. You can do it. I've been an Illinois fan since I was born. To be an Illinois fan has been rough. I mean, Texas, the thing I don't like, I don't like the fan base of Texas because they're just like the Michigan fan base. People, the Texas fan base and the Michigan fan base think that they are sleeping giant dynasties, just waiting for the right coach to, to show up. Yes, both teams are in like the top five in wins forever. Yes, you've won a lot of football games. But there and we, we talked about when we talked about college colleges on my podcast, we came up with like a ranking system. A plus is like top tier, the elite. There's only three teams that I would rank A plus in our in our our system. And that would be Alabama, Clemson. And I might piss some people off this Ohio State. Those are the three teams that are elite mm-hmm. college football. Okay. And the reason I say that is I think those three teams, those are the three teams in our country that can legitimately go to any state that they want to, pick up any recruit they want, and they'll automatically go to that school. Ohio State can come into Texas and and recruit the five stars talent out of Texas, away from the good Texas teams. That tells you something. Texas cannot go out and recruit nationally. Like they can try, but they they haven't been doing it. Right. So Texas and Michigan, those teams, I would. Okay, so the next level is A, like A. I would say those would be like Oklahoma, Texas, A&M. Really good teams, but not quite on the same level. LSU, not quite on the same level as Alabama. Right. Yeah, they do win national championships every now and then. But Alabama's winning a national championship every three years on average. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's that's a different level. Texas? You're lucky if you're A minus or B plus range right now in my book. Um, losing games to, I might be pissing some Iowa State fans off. We should not have lost to Iowa State this year, based on talent. Should not have happened. There, every single year, there's at least two games that they blow that they're supposed to lead, to win. Early in last season, they almost lost to Texas Tech. That game was horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and they almost lost the next game too. It, it, it's just with the amount of talent that they do have, they should be blowing people out. They should be winning the Big 12 every year. They should be beating Oklahoma every other year and trading blows with them. But they're not. And so Texas has never been a dynasty. Alabama is a dynasty. Yes, Texas has won a lot of games. Yes, Texas has won some national championships here or there. Yes, they've had a lot of Big 12 championships in the past. No, they are not a dynasty. No, they are not a sleeping giant. It's going to take pro- it's going to take work to get them to that next level. And I don't think a Texas team is ever going to be at Alabama level. 
they're never going to be at that level where there's just every single year they're getting NFL talent. They're getting, you know, winning national championships and neither is the team like Michigan. Okay. Michigan is not going to, not going to be Ohio state. They will never topple Ohio state as the pinnacle of big 10 football. It's just not going to happen. Ohio state's in, they are elite. Okay. They are elite. And I know some people are going to be like, well, they lost to Alabama. Yeah, they lost to Alabama. But did you see what they did to Clemson? And Clemson's an elite team. I think if if they played that game with that, that Alabama team was legit. And I don't know. It's Texas is never going to get to that level. Well, Michigan, the, Michigan and Notre Dame, they live off of the 80s. <clears throat> they live off the eighties and the nineties. Yeah. But ever since then, it's like, what have you done now? Like coach Carrick, who does a flexible one-on-one. I'm not trying to make him mad. He's from Michigan. He's a Michigan fan, but he kind of knows, he kind of knows Jim Harbaugh kind of needs to go. Um, but they live off the eighties and nineties. And uh, we live in a, what have you done for me lately society? Mm-hmm. So it's, what have you done lately? Not 25 years ago. <clears throat> well, I mean, look at look at teams like Florida. You know, a couple of years ago, Florida was the powerhouse. But Florida has not been a national brand for a long like for a long time they were horrible. <laughs> you know, Alabama has had multiple periods within their history where they were the dynasty. Bear Bryant, you know, now Nick Saban. They how many how many national championships does Alabama have now? It's like twenty. <laughs> it, it, like I don't know. And the next highest is like Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame has a lot of national championships, but they were way back in the day. I mean, I could sit here and say Army has had national championships, but they were like in the fifties, so or for, or the forties. So that's a different time period. Um, you know, the last time Texas won a nat- anything nationally was two thousand five. Um. You know, when's the last time uh, Michigan's won a national championship? How many have they won? Not that many. <laughs> so Alabama's uh, won eighteen. I looked it up. That that's next level. That's that's kind of like the the LeBron versus uh, MJ debate. You know, like who's the real goat? You know, obviously it's difficult, but like. Texas, great program, could be a powerhouse if they want if they really put the real effort and what it takes into it. Alabama, 18 national championships. Okay, Texas, when you win 18 national championships, you can claim the right to being the dynasty. But yeah, until Michigan, then, yeah. shut the heck up. <laughs> Michigan has 11. They haven't won one since 1997. So you see, they live off of the past. Now they've been good. There was a lot of good teams coming through Michigan. Yeah. But who did they lose to? Ohio Ohio State. State. They lost to Ohio State. So. Yeah. Football. National championships. Texas has four. (laughs) <laughs> national championships. So even comparing like again, com- 
Texas, you're not a sleeping giant. You are who you are. Roll with it. You're going to have good years. You're going to have bad years. I mean, look, when we had Mac Brown, Mac Brown won the last national title at Texas. And then the next two years, he had six and six, and then one season where they didn't even make a bowl game. So, so did you say Texas has four? Four national cha- – they have, they claim four national championships. You want to know how many Illinois football has? How many? Five. See? They haven't, <laughs> I mean, won, one, they haven't won one since 1951, but regardless. And, and, like, even a team like Minnesota. Minnesota has a national championship, or at least one or two, and, but they were in, like, the 1920s or something. So, I mean, yeah. And, yes, Texas does – they are in the – I, I know. I think Michigan's I, number one in wins. I kind of want to tweet. I kind of want to tweet that at Bennett and Banstra. Like, what did we just discover? Illinois football has more national more championships than Texas. Oh boy! I mean, like you could say the same thing. Army has more championships than other teams. You know, I don't know. It. I feel like we're. Okay, look at Virginia Tech a couple of years ago. Virginia Tech used to be the class of the ACC when they mm-hmm. would win 10 years 10, 10 wins a game or 10 wins a year and they would constantly be in the orange bowl. No, they didn't win national championships. But besides the one year where they got knocked off by Florida State when they were number 1, that's the pinnacle of Virginia Tech football. That's like that's the best you're gonna get. You know, you're probably never gonna win a national title. Look at Auburn; they've won like one national title, and they've had some good years and a lot of bad years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you have to understand where you are within the system, within the echelon is the word I'm thinking of of college football. And understand what good is and what bad is is for you. So for Texas, if you want to be good, like the best Texas can be, 11 and 1, 12 and 1 every year, you know, you got to win the Big 12. You have to. If you're not winning the Big 12, you're not elite. And unfortunately, the Big 12 is one of the weaker conferences in college football. It's just the way it is. Um, because you got to win that, so you got to you got to go above Oklahoma, and Oklahoma is a team who hasn't won a playoff game <laughs> in a long yeah. time. So, and they're I just looked it up, or I looked on Facebook the other day, and I think ESPN has they have, pre they have preseason, they have Oklahoma as number one. Yep. How they All haven't right. proven anything. The only player they have is Spencer Rattler, and he wasn't that impressive for most of the season. He, he got better. Get, yeah, it took him half the season. I like that. They are not winning the national title. They might win the Big Twelve this year. They might go unbeaten in the Big Twelve, but they will get knocked off in the first round of the playoffs. That's just who Oklahoma is. I mean, especially if they play an SEC school. Yeah, uh, if they go against Alabama. Not going to be good. And I mean, look at all the talent Alabama lost, and they're still. I get they're going to be in the playoff picture in some way. Yep. So, 
again, the elite program. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, everyone else. <laughs> That's how I view it. Yeah. Yeah. Even USC had a little dynasty going there at one point. Yeah, but how much have they done since then? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm just trying to think of other schools. I'm like, you're right. There's only a short period where you hear and it's like, we all know who Alabama is and Clemson. And I see Clemson's is right now, too. They're, I mean, we talk about that. That's right now. Now in this five years, time, yeah, in five or ten years, we'll see what happens. I think I, I have a feeling. I think they have reached. And I've heard another analyst say this. I think they have reached the point where they are they are elite now, and they've reached the point where they're going to continue to recruit at an elite level as long as Coach Sweeney is there. And now they're a national brand. Now that they have. They slew the they slew the dragon in Alabama for a couple of years, right? And and by doing that, you have established yourself as a national brand. You are the competitor to Alabama. You are the competitor to Ohio State, and those are your only real competitors. And so, once you are now that they those three are competing against each other, and they really don't care what everybody else does. You are competing against the best and constantly making yourself great. I think they're gonna. I, I would be shocked if we see anything less from Clemson than ten wins a year. It, with it, as so long as Dabo's there, anything less than ten wins a year is a shock. True. Um, should not happen <laughs> under normal circumstances. That's going to be a shock. Same thing from Ohio State. As as of right now, if the if the staff stays relatively stable with what they've got there, now I think some people could claim that the current Ohio State coach might be riding the Urban Meyer coattails a little bit, but by now he's been there what two years, two seasons or three seasons, two, I think. So this team is should be solidly his team by now, and they're still pretty good. Well, that's what we're going to find out because he's lost Lyman. He doesn't have Justin Fields. Like, we'll find out. He's lost a couple running backs. But what's a down year for Ohio State? Eight wins not, a year? <laughs> I mean, that's still pretty good. I mean, um, nine or ten wins. Yeah. So, I mean. Think, but Illinois think did beat them in 2007. <laughs> and Ohio State was scared of them this year and canceled the game. So. Yeah, well. We could debate why they canceled it. <laughs> Their semi showed up at Illinois Stadium because they were going to play, and then the next day it was, we're not playing. Because hmm. they all weren't healthy. Yeah, we had, a, we had a game like that this year. It was going to be our last game against a team that we were probably going to beat up on. Um. And they backed out on us because apparently they had like 12 players show up to practice the day before the game was supposed to happen. So, yeah, that game never happened. Uh, but then that same team somehow picked up their plus one at the end of the year and played that game. But they dodged us. Like, what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. They needed the break. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah, we needed the break too. 
<laughs> we had come off of a loss and we needed that break of, I shouldn't say an easy win, but they were not good. So, and on top of that, I need a vacation when track's over. Uh, yes, I need just a vacation from everything. <laughs> I have, I don't want to say I'm completely checked out from this year, but, um, let's just say it's, uh, it's project time. <laughs> In our classes. I'm checked out during the day. Then I get to track. I'm not as checked out. But final project time in oceanography and earth science. Because they kind of, they basically canceled the, they didn't really cancel the SOL, but they made it so that anybody who took the biology SOL last year doesn't really have to take the earth science, which Mm. is everybody in my class except for like two people. Gotcha. So. Most of my kids are not taking the S are SOLs. If you don't know what those are, those are our state like standardized tests. Um, and so earth science, they're, they're kind of phasing earth science out of the standardized testing world. It used to be one that was required. Now the only, if you're a general education student, the only science SOL that you have to have for graduation is biology. So every incoming freshman is taking biology. Now it used to be, they would take earth science first. Now it's flopped. Now I'm teaching sophomores instead of freshmen. So, well, we're done with school June third. If the girls make it to state and track, that's June twelfth. Hmm. So it's possible I'm not done till that. But football starts June seventh. Mm-hmm. No rest for ends. the wicked. No rest. Never ends. I mean, with the head coach tomorrow, we do our end of the year talks with the head coach. I'm doing mine tomorrow. I'm going to look at him in the eye on the Zoom and say, I need a vacation. <laughs> so when June 7th hits and they're doing their stuff, I'm going to take a break. Oh, I see. I saw your tweet. <laughs> I told you I was going to do it. I wasn't lying. I haven't seen any responses to it yet, but I'm sure they're coming. Oh, I'm sure they're asleep. Oh, yeah, it is 11. Yeah, it's 10 o'clock. It's past my bedtime. <laughs> it's just now my bedtime. I'd be watching Joe Rogan right now going to bed. Hey, that's a that's always a good thing because he's got three-hour-long episodes. <laughs> you got to find out ways to break them down. And then another guy I like to listen to is Tim Dillon. Okay. If, you like dark, if you like dark humor, he says things we all want to say. And he can. He's, yeah. been on, he's been on eight Joe Rogans. He's a comedian. He's been on eight Joe Rogans, has his own podcast, just called The Tim Dillon Show. You'll you'll laugh, and you're like, I'm going to hell because I'm laughing at this. But he's saying what we all want to say. Well, somebody's got to say it, I guess. And then Joe Rogan just had uh, – I can't say the guy's last name, Ethan. He played. He's in Remember the Titans. He's the big guy in Remember the Titans. Oh, yeah. The he one who lost on. a bunch of weight. Yeah, he had him on yesterday, so I was listening to that. Might have to go listen to that one. Oh, I, 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 left, I left off when they were talking about the dog killing a possum. That's the, that's the conversation where they <laughs> I like his shows. Um, there's a couple of guests that he has on quite a bit um, that I listen to. And there's, there's a couple that he talks about, like aliens. 
<laughs> and Area 51. I listened to all of those because those are aw- like um, awesome to listen to. But um, and like the conspiracy theory ones are awesome. But like the the, the ones where he talks about UFC, I really don't know anything about fighting the UFC fights, so I don't listen to those. And then he has a lot of comedians on. And I've listened to one or two, but the ones that I actually like, I really like when Kevin Hart's on. I love his episodes. I like but other those. than that, I'm, they're meh. I like those. I like Bill Burr. Um, the one where he made the COVID comments was Dave Smith. Okay. So I went back and listened to that. It's a good one. He's a libertarian, um, but he's a comedian too. Mm-hmm. So they talk politics, which I like, and then they go to some comedy. So, um, and then I love the ones with Tom Segura. Like he has a ton of those. I've heard that some of those. Yeah, I like. Um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Steve Ranella. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've heard of Steve Ranella. I like his episodes. I like uh, Cameron Haynes, like the other guy who does bow hunting. I like listening to their hunting stories. Those are really, really good ones. Have you seen the, uh, Post, Mal- the Post Malone one? I think I've seen little clips. <laughs> it's like four hours. Or Didn't so. they get high or something while they were doing it? As soon as it starts, he oh, was God. like, he's like, Post Malone, thank you for coming. And, you know, Post Malone's sponsored by Bud Light, so he has Bud Light <laughs> there. And then Brogan's like, yeah, we're here just drinking some Bud Light. We did some shrooms right before we started, so here we go. <laughs> So they did shrooms right before they did it. <laughs> and they're drinking Bud Light and they're smoking weed at the same time. Well, I, I think it's funny. He's sitting there with like a Ranella or a Haynes and they're sitting there like drinking whiskey while they're doing it, like bourbon. Because like I, I'm not a big drinker, but when I do, it's a whiskey. It's either mm-hmm. a scotch, an Irish, or a bourbon. Um, and so there have been a couple episodes of our podcast, especially the college ones, where I'm sitting here with like a little glass of something to talk and and so it kind of loosens things up a little bit but i'm always afraid to do that on a pod like when i'm doing a podcast because i feel like people would judge me like oh he must be an alcoholic or you know because there's a lot of people like people who drink whiskey even though i drink probably a lot less alcohol content than what beer drinkers do um i always get are you an alcoholic you know like because i do have I enjoy for whiskey. I like uh, trying different things out, like trying different flavors and different profiles. It's almost like a wine taster kind of deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I enjoy the history. Like I, I like history. I enjoy the history behind the concept of whiskey and spirits. I enjoy learning about the process of making it and I, and aging. Um, and then like, I enjoy, especially like if on YouTube, if you look up a certain brand like Jameson, because everybody knows what Jameson is. It's Irish whiskey. If you look up Jameson on YouTube, there's like a hundred different YouTube videos on how they make Jameson. They go through the process of how they do it because they don't give a crap if anybody knows what they do because they're making so much of it. If you can watch that and then have a sip of it while you're watching it, you're like, I'm seeing the facility. I'm seeing this process and having a sip of the final product. Um, and so, I, again, I don't like talking about it on, on podcasts. I feel afraid about talking about it because it's something that I feel like I'm going to be judged on 
Um, but that's something I could probably do a podcast on. You could. And is to whiskey. You, to make you jealous. I've beards, been there. I've been Beards there. and whiskey. You've been to Jameson? The Jameson Distillery in Ireland? I've been there. Oh, man. They give you, they open up a barrel and pour you a glass right out of the barrel. Mm. They get their wood from Kentucky. And it sits there for seven years. And when they make it, it's a hundred proof. It's a vodka. It's clear. And then it sits mm-hmm. there in the wood. Mm-hmm. So we got to, I got to see it. They poured the glass. They put a lime in it or whatever. Fresh out of there. We have some local distilleries close to us. There's one or two. There's two. There's one that does American style, which is bourbon, you know, those kinds of style whiskeys. Um, and there's another one that is more heavily influenced by the Irish. Like their major, their, their major product is an Irish style whiskey, which um, if people don't know the difference, cause a lot of people don't bourbon has a heavy, like uh, heavy brown sugar um, vanilla flavor to it. Whereas, and also that's got a lot more of an oakiness to it because bourbon and American whiskeys use uh, what's called virgin oak cask, which is something that hasn't been used to age something before. So there's more of the wood tannins that uh, get into the actual final product, which makes it darker, makes it, uh, to me, um, it, I'm not a huge fan of like the darker, darker, like the really dark um, American whiskeys. Um, Cause I just, don't, I'm not a huge fan of the wood flavor. I like the, I like the vanilla and the, 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 the sugar flavor to it, but um, like an Irish, cause they use used barrels. There's not as much of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some people describe Irish. It tastes like um, shortbread cookies. If you can get past the flavor of the alcohol, because <laughs> some people can't, like it took me a while to get past the flavor of the alcohol, but now I can actually taste it and like taste the difference between the brands. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I do have a little bit of a collection in my closet, which makes me look like an alcoholic, <laughs> but it's because I like to have a variety and like, I, I like trying new things. And so that every, when I eventually do go back to the store, I'm going to look for things that I haven't had before. You know, I'm, I might have one or two things I'll go back and buy again. Like my favorite overall favorite is um, it's an Irish brand called red breast. Um, it's so if, if a bottle of James, if a normal bottle of Jameson is probably in our area, about 20 to 25 bucks, mm-hmm. a bottle of red breast is anywhere. If you can find it, it's not always there is anywhere between 60 to 80 bucks, but it is so much smoother. (laughs) It's so much smoother. There's not as much of an alcohol bite. Um, and because, because it's pot still instead of column still, there's a lot of the, uh, a lot of the chemicals left over from the pot still it's, um, it's a, a much fuller flavor and, and the way that I would describe, I'm, I'm going to talk about whiskey for too long here before I need to go to bed. <laughs> it's uh, you're the practicing way, for your podcast, your, your whiskey one, That's the way, the way I would do the way I would t- describe pot still versus column still column still is going to get a lot of the, um, I can't think of the name of the chemicals. It's not, 
it's not something bad. It's just something that gives it more flavor. It takes a lot of those out of the process. Pot still leaves it in. So the way I would describe it is you've probably had, let's say you've had a uh, steak that was made on a George Foreman grill. That would be your column still. It's still steak. Right. But it's not going to be the same as that pan seared steak that you made with butter, (laughs) you know, uh, it's not going to be as juicy, you know, it's not going to be as flavorful. Um, it could still be good. You know, the aging process might make it better. You know, I, I still like Jameson, you know, that's, if I go to, if I, if I haven't done this in over a year since COVID, if I ever went out with people and we were at a bar or something, that would be, that's like my safe choice. Mm-hmm. would be Jameson. Um, you know, cause there's some things out there whiskey wise, like Lafroig or anything from the Isla. That is what people think of smoky scotch. Mm-hmm. When they think of like peat smoke, it, it's like, it's like tasting. It's like whiskey mixed in with the ashes from a leftover, um, cigarette tray mixed in with a little bit of uh bandaid flavor. I no go on the ILA for me. No go for those. I'm I'm not into that. Some people are really into those, and I'm just like I don't get it. But um, well, man, this is almost making me want to do a, a, a whiskey podcast. I think they I think there's some people out there who are doing whiskey podcasts. I had thought about setting up a uh, a beard care podcast. Um, you could do beards and whiskey, whiskey and beards. I was thinking about calling it like the beard coach. Um, but a lot of other coaches like, yeah, I don't know if I'd listen to that, but like the reason I wanted to do one that was not necessarily tailored just to coaches, because I think just doing a podcast that's just for coaches really limits your audience. Yep. That's why I changed Uh, my name. And I think if I did a podcast that was about beard care, I would name it the beard coach because I have a beard and a lot of the content would be about beards, but I could probably talk about, you know, I used to shave and I used to have certain techniques that worked for me. I used to do, I do other things for facial care because I was thinking about calling it like facial care for busy people or something like that. I'm like, facial sounds weird. (laughs) And I don't know if a lot of people are going to look into that. (laughs) Well, it's fine. And beards are popular, so it's just, it kind of, like, restricts you to, like, people think, oh, he's only talking about beards. But, like, if, you know, maybe beards and bourbon or something, I don't know. (laughs) That might be something to think about, but. You could, and then um, go on Facebook, and you find different podcast groups. I did that. There's a couple podcast groups where I've shared this. You go share it, just. Mm Mm-hmm. And then yours might be more of a podcast, but also YouTube. If you do the beard stuff, that's a YouTube thing. Yeah. So there's audio. Now, the bourbon thing, people probably get behind. Well, there's a lot of YouTube people out there for bourbon and whiskeys already. So I, I don't necessarily really want to like try to compete with that. I looked up on Spotify the beard stuff. There's not, there's a lot of people who have podcasts that are like titled like The Bearded Something. Mm hmm. But their podcast isn't really about beards. It's about like, you know, the the bearded pastor might be talking about like Bible stuff, but he just has a beard. And so he calls himself the bearded pastor. There's not a lot of like beard care stuff or 
beard based podcast. And that's, I could talk beards all day. I could talk whiskey all day. I could talk Tolkien all day. There's already Tolkien podcasts. There's already whiskey podcasts. You know, there's already coaching podcasts that I'm never going to catch up to. I will never catch up to the Joe Daniel podcast. I will never catch up to the Ron Mackey stuff. Okay. I still love doing it. Yeah. So go do I it. still, still love meeting people, but maybe if I, but again, I got to find the time. So. Which I say do it to, to end this. I say you do it. Mm-hmm. You're running inside zone. You might as well just do a bourbon <laughs> podcast and beards. You might as well just take the leap. Might as well. I just hope no, none of my uh, hope none of the administration at my school sees it. <laughs> you know, I did a podcast after dark, and we partook. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it. I'm like, I am 30 years old. I can do what I want. You're already hired. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've seen I've seen people fired for weird things. It's just, but you know, I might do it. I might think about doing it. I just got to find the time and it might be one where we just sit there and we sip on whiskey while we talk beards and the whiskey might come up (laughs) in the podcast, but who knows? And that may be once a week, once every other week type of thing. So it doesn't take as much time. Right. Cause I'm already busy with this coaching thing. (laughs) I say do it. So to, so to end it, that's what coach Sheffer is going to do. Run inside zone. Run mesh and do, do a, a podcast beard and, on beards and do a podcast on beards and whiskey. There we go. Actually, sounds like a good idea. All right. Well, thank you for coming on for this long podcast. Your wife will kill me. Just tell her to drive to <laughs> Illinois. Hey, no problem. Hey, I mean, we've all talked about getting a uh, getting the gang together and driving down to South Carolina for the Clemson uh, clinics. So this wouldn't be nearly as long as that. <laughs> Yeah, I told Bannister last night we get the band back together. Yeah, got to do some more uh, trash talk about college football. All right, well, we'll we'll end it now. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Coach Sheffer is here with his whiskey and beards. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.